All right, all right. Welcome, welcome back, y'all. Welcome to Recapping with Delora. And Ashley, episode three, guys. Episode three. Cannot believe we're on lucky number three. Is it lucky number three or is it only lucky number seven? (laughs) I only thought it was seven. (laughs) I made that up. (laughs) But if you want it to be three today, it can be three. It's the drinks. I'm already, I'm already almost done with my first drink. Blame it on the alcohol, okay? Yes. Um, So, you know, we're going to do our usual. We're going to hit you guys with our selected hot topics for the day. We're going to uh, be led by Mr. Laura in a recap of Enola Holmes. Yes! And we're going to shoot you with our Hidden Gems recommendation. So let's go ahead and get into these hot topics of the week, girl. Let's. So the first one that I have down is Jeannie Mai. So Miss Jeannie Mai has gotten a bit of backlash because she basically a little bit of hot water and Jeannie Mai for anybody who is not familiar is one of the co-hosts on the reel and is also on our current season of Dancing with the Stars which by the way I want to do a whole tangent on after we do this story (laughs) we have not gotten to talk about it but um she basically said Laura that she wants to be submissive in her marriage to Jeezy so you know they got engaged uh, a little earlier this year um I guess it was a segment on the reel where she basically said you know when I come home home this is a direct quote when I come home I like the idea that my man leads us she also said that by giving the power to have someone lead in your life is power in itself the power to relinquish control you willingly submit not forcibly submit she kind of mentioned that she felt like you know based on her experience with her first marriage because she has been married before and also her Mm -hmm. parents marriage this is something she feels like she wanted to to do in her current relationship and in her marriage so what were your thoughts on this story that's cute (laughs) girl like i guess I don't appreciate the word submissive. Yeah. One of the things that I've seen online with all the chatter, um, it was like the best sweet ever. They were like, she wasn't saying all oh, this with her first husband, the white one. <laughs> what five percent of rhetoric does Jeezy have her reading? I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean again it's first of all that's cute y'all don't know that is such shade from delora so i just looked up i just looked up submissive so submissive thank means, you come through webster yes inclined or ready to submit or yield to authority of another unresistingly or humbly obedient marked by or indicating submission or a yielding to the authority of another, which is basically the same as the first definition. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think that it's the wording that people feel probably the, the strongest reaction. It's triggering. To. It's yeah, trigger like warning. Submissive, okay. Submissive is the word we want to use. So I don't want to cut you off. Did you have? Did you have any other first? I do. I, I do. Mine? Go ahead. Yes. Girl. Go ahead. So I also feel like I think. Most women in relationships, no, I shouldn't even say most women. I think being submissive to one's husband 
is fine when he actually has a plan, when he actually, you know, has respect for you and your opinions. Hmm. I, I just think when it comes to the relationship dynamic, especially male-female dynamic, because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. I just have an issue with the assumption that the man um, has on the woman to be submissive when he hasn't earned it. Mm. So mm. just because you have a penis does not mean that I need to be submissive to you. Mm. Now you have to, I have to respect you, respect your vision for this household. And I need for you to respect me as well. And then we can have a conversation on what to do to move forward. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my thoughts. What do you think, Ashley? Oh, so I had to sit with this story. Um, And we've had the same conversation multiple times throughout our have. We have, we have. Which, by the way, let's let's just pause for a minute. We have not at this point, and I will give you my thoughts, we have not at this point explained the our relationship so yes me and delora have been friends now for quite some time quite some time like we, we have years under the belt we do so what, we, 2014 that sounds about accurate that's so, six yes, years that's, yeah i was about to say so we started out getting to know each other because we were both pursuing our master's degrees at the same time. Yes. And we bonded so heavily and immediately on pop culture. Yes. This was the thing that I remember when we first, and not that we don't still do this, but we used to have such rapid fire conversations. (laughs) Like, I cannot (laughs) imagine a third person ever getting a word in when we first started getting to know each other. It was like back and forth, like, yes, girl, this, yes, this. And I say this all the time, I still feel like you are, as much as I get into it, I still feel like you beat me to the punch nine times out of ten <laughs> with like breaking news and information and that cracks me up that you are the only person that I defer to and I will say listen as much as I'm the pop culture queen and I love it my friend Delora though <laughs> y'all just don't know my girl Delora it but but I think it's just again it's such a shared passion between us that I think we both just felt like we want to let the world in on these conversations that we would have anyway like yes. we have these we have had three hour, and that's that's putting yes. it mildly that we can we could keep going. Keep we going. have had three hour zooms throughout COVID, guys, with our with one of our other friends, Shamika. Shout out yes. to Shamika. Um, Love and, you, girl. And it just yes, and it just doesn't stop. So so, did you have anything to add? Yeah, to kind I of mean, our journey actually, together. I have always been a huge fan of pop culture, and for most of my life, I have. I, I was the only one that knew as much as I knew. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. like, like um, the Rolodex of references, right? And yes. Honestly, you are you are literally my only friend that can keep up with everything, and I'm <laughs> so appreciative of that because you know it's fun. It matters. I I, I feel like people throw away pop culture, but pop culture. Mm shows tells us a lot about what society is going through at the time absolutely thank you for that for example like for (laughs) because our outside world is so intense we have a show 
of celebrities dressed up in costumes anonymous, <laughs> anonymously. If you had told me about this show like 10 years ago, I would have said, you're psycho. Like, who- it is a, it's a hit. It is a hit. Okay. I watch it myself. So I, um, yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're my friend, Ashley. Me too, girl. And I, I was thinking about this this week, too, that I feel like the essence of my pop culture love comes from my mom. Shout out, mom. See, I know you listen to every too. episode. Shout out to both of our moms. Mom, I, I, you are the person who has called me after every episode and told me your thoughts and watched these shows. And I just love you to death. Thank you so much for your undying support. And yeah, I Thank feel you, like Ashley, mom. Yes, and Dolores, mama is as well. We appreciate super, super y'all. Helpful. Thank you. Yeah, so I feel like it's just such a great bonding point. And to your point again about it being important, like people get so into sports, people can break yes. down sports stats. Like we just can do that with pop culture and Who movies and TV. And why right. it matters. Exactly. (laughs) And I also feel like pop culture is so relevant too because it's such an indicator of life and like your generation that you grew up with. Like like sometimes if somebody doesn't really get into pop culture, I'm like, how do you not have any cultural references? I don't understand you. (laughs) Like I don't know what to talk to you about. You know what I mean? Very true. So, so I, I, I feel you and thank you for that. I didn't mean to get us off on a tangent again. I just felt like we had not shared that yet. So yes. I wanted to take that minute, but back to Jeannie and back to this whole submissive situation with, with uh, Jeezy. So again, I had to sit with this because as a woman, I definitely feel some type of way when I hear the whole submissive and I think with Jeannie's case, what I appreciated is that she never said, which we have talked about. Some women will say, this is what, this is the way you're supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. She's making the decision. She has the option. And she's saying, listen, this was what works for me. I'm not saying this is what works for everybody because I think everybody has the right to decide what works within the confines of their relationship. What I love is that we're at a point with rights and with, you know, women and the things that we have the ability to do that that's a choice she has the ability to make for herself. Absolutely. Back in the day, that was not a choice. You did not decide how your household was run. That was society instigated that for you, which we will get into with our recap of Enola Holmes. Yes, RIP, RBG. Yeah, I mean. mean, I, I bring her up only because a woman cannot sign for her own her own credit card, a mortgage, any of those things. Which is just crazy. For her. So I don't, I don't mean to get political, but I think it's relevant in this moment in terms of, you know, strides for women independence. And I think people from either party should be able to absolutely understand that and appreciate that and her contributions to society as a whole. But, um, you know, I think with Jeannie, I, I, the older I get, the less interested I am in really having strong opinions about how other people should live their lives. I'll say Girl. that. Yeah. But I think I think I get why there was such backlash because, again, she has a public platform. Um, but however Jeannie and Jeezy choose to live their lives and whatever, I wish them nothing but the best. I can't say that I feel like submission is necessarily going to solve whatever problem she may feel like she had in her previous marriage. 
Um, but but again, I wish them the best. I you know I only pray that she was not. I only pray that she was not manipulated to having this quote unquote option for sure. And and, and again, I we we don't know because we are just looking from the outside in at what Very she's true. putting out there into the world. One would hope. Um, she's saying she's 41. She's saying her experiences have pushed her to this decision. And that's um, a and grown again, woman for you. She's for been sure. single. She's been married. She's been for single. Sure. Again. And so if this is what, you know, everyone's relationship dynamics um, are different. They they are very different. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think. That's again, why I don't think I there hope... was such thing as like relationship goals because you don't know what goes no, on. No, the inner what workings of people's relationships. Happened. No. Like, people talk such a good game. They say one thing and they're living a whole different life behind the scenes, right? Which we've seen come to light many, many, many times. Many times. It always so, comes to life though. <laughs> you know, again, what whatever works for them. Um, I guess I'd just be curious when it comes to the whole submission thing to what extent, how, like how does that work? What does that mean? What decisions do you feel like your partner needs to make that you guys are not making together. Exactly. Because that's the deal. Uh, like in my relationship, I, I just, I, I guess for me, what's important for me is that you hear what I have to say and you respect mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. And to like railroad over that to me, I would find extremely offensive just because you're the quote unquote man of the house. But I think there's something attractive for a man who knows what he wants and wants to move forward with it, right? Mm-hmm. I can respect that. But again, I don't know what the dynamics of the relationships are, but for me, you just, I, I, I need to feel respected and heard in a relationship. Absolutely. And we're both grown adults. I'm just exactly. again, curious. I, didn't get here by myself. To, I mean, I got here. I am a whole person and you are a whole person and together I, we're making this life together. I think that, I think you just hit the nail on the head for me in terms of the way that I always feel about women and, and our abilities, because I think I, I've said this to people, if I were meant to be inferior, God should have made me dumber because I'm Ooh. just, my intellect, my ability to make decisions is not diminished once I get into a relationship with a man. You know what I mean? Like that part of me does not die. So where is that supposed to go? And again, I'm just curious as to where the leading and following is supposed to come from. Does that mean that, you know, oh, wherever we go on vacation, he decides our finances, he decides when it comes to where we are going to live, he decides, like, I'm just curious. So I would be curious if anybody has any feedback on that for me. Let me I mean, know. I'm not trying to be shady, but I, well, I'm not going to go the shady route. I'm going to go the mature wise route. I feel like in a relationship, you have your strengths and weaknesses and your partner has their strengths and weaknesses. Absolutely. Therefore, you, you all mesh together in that way. But again, the assumption or me feeling forced to do something because you said so, you're not my father. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I tell you, and that just like shot a, shot something through my stomach. Like again, I think, I think because when it comes to dynamics of marriage, too, most of the examples I have seen has been women being um, a little bit less than in terms of the dynamics. Shrinking and themselves. I, 
Exactly. So when I say less than, your partner exactly. should be the wind beneath your wings. Today, getting ready for this podcast. Guess what my husband did? He came home from work and he set up my microphone and fixed my audio. <laughs> he 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 is such he's such an excellent support system. Like he is literally yeah. the wind beneath my wings. He does and not. Why shouldn't that be mutual? Be that less and, and yes. I, you know, and I support him in the ways that I do. Uh, <laughs> you know, because that um, should be mutual. There should be. Exactly. Why is it that women are just? And I <laughs> and I say this too because again, when I talk about women being less, I mean the idea that like women being barefoot and pregnant and taking care of the kids and all that is still the place that women are expected to be in the household. Again, and it should not be. Our abilities and our, one of the things that being a woman, the older I get that has bothered me so excessively is the fact that at one point in time and continues to be the case uh, in certain, in certain situations is the idea that we are or ever have been by any means less than capable of doing everything that a man can do when it comes to mental ability. I'm not talking about physical. People want to get into the physical and talk about, well, uh, you know, you still want a man to do these things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my intellect, my ability to make decisions, my ability to uh, perform at work, to head a boardroom, to do all those things. To be a leader. why was why was that why was that ability of mine ever negated because it was a direct threat to manliness like i just don't i just can't i can't i can't wrap my head around it, it bothers are, are me are extremely fragile it and again, bothers me sets of my microphone because not because i'm not intelligent and i can't do it on my own but he does it because he knows it helps me and he does it a lot faster <laughs> yeah Again, it, that, if, if he can do technology, great. Okay, awesome. That's again. It, it, I just I, I would seek that balance. I guess is is what, what we come down to. Is I hope that everybody seeks that balance, whatever that means for you in your life and in your marriage. And again, if a woman decides to submit, do you boo? This is 2020. I hope women get to do whatever they so choose. That's no knock on Jeannie but or I will any other say woman. Society who does not make it easy for a woman to be everything she wants to be. And I, and I see that um, having gone through the process of having a career and trying to juggle baby, you know what I mean? Yes. We don't have the necessary mechanisms for a woman to be successful, like affordable childcare, like, mm. you know, flexibilities at work when it comes mm-hmm. to, um, you know, leaving at particular times or adjusting your schedule. Now, I, I think things have changed courtesy of COVID. So thank you, COVID. But <laughs> um, that's not, that was a big eye opener. You know what I mean? Like, you're, I'm, I was blessed to be taught <clears throat> you could be whatever you want to be you could do whatever you can do and then I I'm remember I remember this quote um I think Oprah even said this she's like you can have it all just not a not all at the same time <laughs> mm. I have heard that as well so I've heard that you know, as well you make adult <laughs> decisions and you do what you have to do but um much luck I look forward to her wedding I know her dress is going to be bomb so oh yeah, you know. she's gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman. Um, so do can you we boo? <laughs> exactly do you boo boo? Can we pivot over to dancing with the stars real quick? Sure. So we have not gotten to talk about this, and the, uh, we've we talked about it obviously off mic, but not on mic. So 
for anybody who has not been watching Dancing with the Stars, this season has been a bit of a shift, obviously, with COVID. Tyra Banks took over as host. Um, there's no live audience, all of that. But there were some great celebrities that were uh, chosen to be on this season. You told me that you were an OG. You've been with the series since day numero uno. Season one. I just got into this season. I started watching it for work purposes, but I have fallen so in love with Dancing it's with the so Stars. It's so good. It's so it is good. so entertaining. I will so say, entertaining. I, I'm still forming my opinion um, of Tyra. So I was going to ask you, how does this measure up to previous seasons? I'm still for you? forming my opinion. I feel like I'm still off. It's off-putting to have the sound guy press clap hands and boo to the <laughs> to the judges like wait you telling me that isn't the booing from the other contestants you telling me they got a track for that Delora that I'm, being, I'm being are, so sarcastic I was gonna say those are sounds from happier times okay <laughs> like, like they did with the Emmys this year where they had I, I think I text you like why they got the cut-ups from the, the audience from previous years on here previous years hilarious um, and you know the coach, the coaches, the the judges are the same. Obviously, Lennon's in there, but Derek Huff is there, and he is a fantastic professional dancer who actually got his start in fame because of all the wins he's had <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Which you had to tell me about. I mean, I you know yeah. I know I actually know Julianne better than I know Derek's career. Yeah, um, his sister, but. Yeah, and I just it's it's fine. It's fine. I think um, out of the out of the celebrities, my favorites my favorites are Sky and um, Navi or Neve. Yes. Uh, oh my Neve, God! We exact same page though. That's scary. <laughs> he's um he's so unexpected. I had oh. no I had no expectation I guess I should say that but he has been a pleasant surprise every single week I'm like yes. give this man a 30 like I oh my other favorite me. is um Johnny Weir love him well so so okay so again being my first and only season of Dancing with Stars I came in with no expectations yeah I think Sky because of week one and because she's this adorable little black girl, and I refer by black, uh, she came in. Go ahead, girl. I was gonna say thank you, Isa. <laughs> yes, I'm referred by black. Uh, she came in and stole my heart, but I will say absolutely Neve every single week. And I love Catfish. I've watched Catfish for years. I had she no had idea he was gonna be so graceful. I mean, every single week, and him and his partner have the best chemistry in terms yes. of like their compatibility and partnership. Besides, besides Johnny, I think him and his partner dance so beautifully. When he did Pirates of the Caribbean, yes. Disney Week, I was My like, favorite. I am just blown away. His musicality um, is amazing. Yes, and so I, it made, I, it I made assumed sense that he didn't have week. any rhythm. That was my assumption. Because look at Jesse Metcalf. One. Look at Jesse Metcalf, who was eliminated. I will <laughs> say that 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 uh, that when it when he talked about the fact that he started dancing, he was a kid this past week. It made so much sense to me. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, okay, so you do have some level experiences. I'm like, me, this did not just come out the blue. You are so beautiful when yes. you dance. Like it's a 
And it's something that you rarely see in men because a lot of men aren't necessarily graceful. There's such yeah. a grace to the way that he dances, to the way his He's body natural. moves. He's absolutely natural. And you know, it's surprising because I had every every expectation that aj was going to be my favorite and he's not oh really okay backstreet boys aj boys wait wait when i see him i automatically think show me the meaning (laughs) oh my goodness i mean so you lived for the episode where they had the where they had the backstreet boys guys in the back Oh, absolutely. Peak yes. 2000, early 2000s. <laughs> okay. Vibes. Um, Johnny, I, to your point about Johnny, I, I think as everyone else did, I had high expectations for Johnny because he and his is part this. Is black, the first yes. black female professional yes. dancer. And I love seeing her dance too. I think they are also my and second favorite pairing. She's lovely. But I had such high expectations for him because he is this Olympic figure skater who is used to moving his body in certain ways that I anticipated he was going to be great. But yeah, sometimes I think that's to his floor. detriment. Sometimes yeah. I think it's to his detriment because everybody does have such high expectations to him that his yes. critiques, his critique, like this this past week, I said, give them a 30. That was breathtaking. It was gorgeous. It was breathtaking. Yes. It was gorgeous. I literally, I, I got emo- not emotional, but I was like, this was good. Like No, there have been moments absolutely where I've gotten emotional. First of all, when Sky was talking about, you know, uh, Cameron. Yeah, yes, that was so You know, like, he died on my birthday. And I, I was didn't such, know that. I was a fan of him. Um I I was watching Descendants before I even had a child. Okay. Like I'm a I just I'm a remember sucker seeing for him Disney. as a kid. Like in my mind, he was still a kid, so it just broke my heart. I'm like, this yeah. kid died. See, I didn't know him from the the shows, but I'm always a sucker for a Disney original movie. Okay, and so Halloween Town. <laughs> when I when I heard about Descendants, it was good music, good choreography. It was a lot of fun. Saw the first and second, and by the time the third one came out, he had passed. Um, so tragic, so tragic. Um, but she did such a beautiful job. But who else is kicking butt? Oh, my my lady from um the from the remake from the Netflix show One Day at a Time. Oh yeah, Justina. Justina, Justina. is amazing. Her energy. When they had her do the salsa, I said, Come on, Justina. She was like, This is what I was made for. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, yes. she has great energy. Very impressive week by week. I also think Caitlin Bristow is another one who just visually I so enjoy watching her dance. But I she really again, don't like her. I, really? I, I love I feel like she her she's another one who naturally it just fits for me. But, but then she's again, a dancer. Exactly. So again, yeah. she talks about the fact that she had the experience already and her partner's Artem. And you know that oh, I love Artem yes. because yeah. of the Bella twins and because of him having the baby with Nikki. I root for Artem more than any other pro. Cena got married to that old girl randomly. Who, Who Cena did? got married. Yeah. So, uh, sorry guys, we're going to wrap this up. I know we're going off on our on our pop culture tangents, but I did send that article to one of my friends yesterday and I was like, if he has a baby, I'm done. Anyway. But they anyway. were so awkward together. 
what had to happen happened okay so what Dolores is talking about for anybody who was not who does not know what she's talking about is nikki bella who and john cena who are both wwe wrestlers i'm sure most people know who john cena is wrestling royalty at the time yes they got engaged but for years nikki was with john he talked about he didn't want to get married because he had been previously married he didn't want to have any kids so you know as as a woman sometimes you feel like wait 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 i'm gonna type this in for you He's extremely controlling, and I'm sure he wants a submissive wife. Just for me, what bothered me is I felt like he wasted Nikki's time, or Nikki wasted her own time, because it's not like she was forced to stay in that relationship. He kept trying to change a man, which is um, problem number one. But it's just one of those cases where it's like, you know, you're with that person, you want these things from them, then as soon as you get out of a relationship, you get with the next one. Oh, now you want to be married? Now you want to have a baby? You son of a... Anyway... Let, we can wrap this up. <laughs> we can wrap this up. We've been on this for a minute. So sorry. But this, again, guys, this is how into pop culture we can get. Our conversation. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, Dancing with the Stars this season, and Dancing with the Stars in general, I think I even told my mom, like, it's just so, it's such feel-good TV for me. I'm enjoying it so much. I encourage everybody, if you've never considered watch. watching Dancing with the Stars, like, just get into it. I love watching, if you love watching people dance, if you just want to see something that's just like entertaining but not you know too heavy give dancing with the stars a watch it's a great season nelly's still hanging on strong shout out yes. to nelly every week getting his dance shoes customized going back to sneakerheads last week this man got a whole guy who customizes his dance shoes to look like sneakers give me two purse <laughs> <laughs> still love nelly that man is 45 and looking Fine. Amazing. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna say this. Ashanti just turned 40 and she looks banging. Girl, I did not realize Ashanti was 40. I saw that news alert. I was like, are you kidding me? We I are know. getting old, but I'm glad that all the black people out here, y'all holding it together. Together. Ooh, all these black Goals. celebrities. Chris Rock, come on, Goals. baby. That body. Quit playing. Quit playing, Chris. Expected that in a trillion years. Okay. Quit playing, Chris. Quit playing. With them abs. I ain't never been attracted. We talked about this. I ain't never been attracted to Chris Rock in my never. life. Never. I said, sir, if I, if I go back, because we'll talk about this, if I come back to Ohio and I see him in Yellow Springs, anyway. Um, <laughs> so I, let's move on. Let's move on to our second hot topic. He's, it's Dave Chappelle, guys. Dave Chappelle lives in Yellow Springs. Um, so Gal, Gal Gadot, who you should, everyone should know from Beautiful. Wonder Woman fame. Yes. is set to star in a remake of Cleopatra. This Delora is dividing the internet. This is the story I have up from, from, from the article I'm looking at. So basically, the division is in the fact that there's the, the, the idea that Cleopatra should be played by a woman of color, and particularly a Black woman, because we're talking about Egypt. The queen and of Egypt. In previous incarnations, it's been a white woman. You know, it's been Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. Um, and while and while Gal Gadot is Israeli, it's still just the idea that why at this point in time, given you know everything we're going through, why was a black woman representation woman matters? Yeah, not given this opportunity. So again, you have the 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 criticism, but then you also have people who are saying, well. Cleopatra was was not black. She was 
Greek of Greek ancestry, and that's on her father's or her mother's side. I think maybe her father's unknown, one of the other, as far as her parentage goes, and just the idea that she wasn't black. Maybe she was more Middle Eastern, maybe this or that. But what were your thoughts when you read the story? Did you feel like this should have been a time where a black actress or woman of color should have been given this opportunity? And again, this is going to be in collaboration with Patty Jenkins, who she yes, already does director of Wonder, Wonder Woman with. So you know, it's it's a female empowerment. You know. Her, let me, let me find her Leo statement. And Martin Scorsese. Um, or, you know, Ryan Coogler and uh, Michael B. Jordan. Because they do fantastic uh, collaborations as well. Let me find okay. her, let me find her quote real quick, though, because I did want to read that. She said, as you might have heard, I teamed up with Patty Jenkins to bring the story of Cleopatra, Queen of Egypt, to the big screen in a way she's never been seen before. To tell her story for the first time through women's eyes, both behind and in front of the camera. So basically, you know, the idea that women should be able to do these projects and bring them to life, great. But we still have racial diversity to discuss. So give me your thoughts, girl. My thoughts. My thoughts are... I don't know. I don't know if she should play the role based off of religious factors more than color because Cleopatra mm-hmm. was Greek. She was born in Egypt, but um, her father took over. He was part of uh, Alexander the Great Empire when they were, you know, taken over uh, during that time. And mm-hmm. her dad was. You know, he ruled over Egypt. So was she a woman of color? She was a Greek woman. Was she beautiful? Technically, no. And Gal Gadot probably looked better than what she probably looked like. <laughs> I read that, that, that it was more so her charm. And the yeah, fact she was that extremely she was intelligent and um, multiple cunning, languages. Extremely yeah, seductive. Cunning. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of a woman of great strategy and intelligence, Cleopatra, like we were talking about earlier. Um, I think most of the issue is the fact that Gal Gadot is um, Israeli and Egypt is a a Muslim state, you know? And so I know a lot of people um, of Islam faith is not excited about that because of the issues that they have over um, between Israel and, and Palestine so mm-hmm. that's my biggest cat that's my biggest issue would probably be the the religious divide but I don't know enough about that to speak to it mm-hmm. but her playing Cleopatra I mean at this rate Cleopatra wasn't that cute and she wasn't black so, <laughs> so you didn't feel you was just like okay well y'all go ahead and do y'all we'll see what happens I mean, it was, well, she looked great. And, you know, like every empire, those people took on the customs of the area that they took over. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they adorned her with their traditions and their headdress and everything like that. And that'll probably be fun to see. But I actually, I don't have a strong opinion about it. How about you? Okay. Um, This was a story, one of the reasons why I I wanted to do it as a hot topic was because I sent it to one of my friends who was a big Gal Gadot fan, like big, and was like, oh, you know, I love her, but I don't think this is it. So I was like, oh, wow. So if her, even her biggest fans 
might feel torn about this decision, then, you know, to me, it's worth, it's worth a chat. And I guess in the, the realm of Hollywood and casting and decisions, we do, Hollywood does stuff that is unconventional and makes no sense all the time. So in this case, in 2020, why not? If I don't give, you know, I know sometimes I'll be cussing on here and I've tried not to. I don't give two shits, in, in my honest opinion, whether or not Cleopatra was Greek or of any other ancestry. When you think of Cleopatra, you think of, a, of, a, of an African queen. So go ahead yeah. and cast a Black woman in that role and allow that story to be told through a different lens than we've ever seen it be told. Because in my opinion, yes. this isn't gonna be some earth shattering blockbuster of a film. It's not gonna be something that's gonna get people to come out and really wanna see it. You're not giving me anything I haven't seen before. So I think that was my main thing, especially when you talk about I mean, Hollywood, you talk I, about new anything, releases, like, it I'm doesn't remind, excite me. Yeah, I'm reminded of, um, was it the guys of Egypt? They didn't even try. The only black guy that they had was oh Edwin Bozeman. And I'm like, at least with the gods, you could you could have it re- have them reflect the people, that, you know, the yeah. Egyptian people, people of color. Um, in that they used they used Australian British people, like everybody. And I'm like, if that it, you know, but when it comes to Cleopatra. She was Greek. She was Greek. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I do respect people who want to see a person of color, but you know, I'm I'm open. I love a good period piece. So <laughs> mm. Yeah. Again, I, I just feel like go ahead and let that go ahead and let a uh, actress of color have that role. But to your point, was this upsetting to me? No, because it's like, y'all go ahead and do y'all movie and we can go ahead and do another Cleopatra in the future if we want that diversity. Let's go ahead and get a black director in there. Let's go yes. ahead and make this story our own because that's generally what has to happen for us to get those opportunities. So, you know, if y'all want to see a black Cleopatra, then go ahead and shout out to your favorite black director. Ava, let's go ahead and do a black Cleopatra, baby, and let's make yes. this shit happen. Yes. Period. Point Period. blank. All right, moving on to our next hot topic. Um, we have not talked about this on the pod, and God forgive us if we go too long. Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion. So, Tory Lanes has been formally charged in the shooting of Megan the Stallion. Hallelujah. For those who have not been necessarily following this story, it was a hot, hot topic at the time. And that's not to, to downplay it, the seriousness of it, but I say that because it was like social media was on fire because for a while, and this happened back in July, Megan wasn't saying who shot her. We just knew that Megan had gotten shot. So um, she basically eventually came out and said that Tori had shot her. He has, he has denied this. He even recently put out an album, Delora, with multiple tracks on it, um, allegedly denying this and trying to give his version of events. So he has now been formally charged with um, three counts, one count of assault with a semi-automatic firearm, one count of carrying a loaded loaded firearm, uh, concealed, what am I saying? One count of assault with a semi-automatic firearm and one count of carrying a loaded concealed firearm in a vehicle, my apologies. he still at this point is denying this. His arraignment has been pushed back to November. At this point, Megan has not in any way altered her story. She just did a full opinion piece for the New York Times, still talking about the need to protect Black I'm women. Um, 
what what are your thoughts at this point in time about this situation, Delora? So my thoughts are, I was really concerned when Meg revealed that Tory Lane shot her and mm. how she lied to the police because she wanted to protect him mm. because we are we have always been but because of technology and social media it's it's now in the forefront of police brutality and she felt like if she had told the truth at the time both she and him would be in some real big trouble so my biggest concern after she waited all this time then revealed it was that no one would do anything about it because it was too late so when I was scrolling on Instagram and saw that he had charges, I was so happy. I'm like, yes, this fool does not need to get away with what he did. And his response has been so ignorant. Mm. I mean, she already said that he and his people were going through blogs to say that she was lying. And that's why she decided to come out on that now iconic live and said, what she said she said what she said um about him shooting her in both of her feet and this fool had the audacity to release an album the same day as As the Breonna Breonna Taylor Taylor verdict Mm. I I had I was already gutted that day Mm. after Mm. that decision Mm. but when I saw this fool do the same thing I was like I don't have any energy for him Mm. he's not worth my energy and Mm. so i'm glad he he has charges against him and i'm and i'm hoping that he gets deported and i hope he never works in this industry again Mm. he is facing delora he's facing 22 years okay and eight months in prison that's the maximum that's the maximum because the fact that he i think I have zero patience for him because he did what he did and he's taking zero accountability for Mm. his actions Mm. and I have no tolerance for uh, stupidity on that level. Mm. What are your thoughts? I mean, you, you hit so many things, which is why y'all hear all of my, all of my, mm. Um, (laughs) this story of all the things that have been going on in 2020 um, hit me very hard when it first happened. And again, to your point, I think just because we're in a year where our lives feel like they're always in such imminent danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so to your point about her, her initial thoughts being protecting him and thinking about him, even after she's been shot by somebody who at the time she considered a friend, um, thereafter, I think that's what upset me more than anything, right? Is because I put myself in those shoes and I think about the idea of, because I have multiple long time male friends and I love all of y'all, but the idea that any one of them would assault me in some type of way and then try to find justification in it and try to paint it as if it's some he, he said, she said situation where I protected you, I could have immediately told the police what you did. And I'm only being forced to do this because you're trying to not take accountability for your actions deeply disturbs me. And so when I go on Instagram and I go to the shade room or any other uh, site and I see all the comments and I see 
the 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 idea that she's lying somebody explain to me somebody make it make sense to me as to why you feel megan would be lying if they had the relationship that even Tori claims they had, where he tries to say that it was more romantic than Megan has ever alluded to, which could just be in his mind, uh, that why would she then there, why would she then lie? Like I've even heard someone say, well, there was no video exactly. evidence, but there was, there was a whole helicopter that was she out there that showed walk. her. I'm surprised she was walking. She was leaking blood from her yes. feet. Like, so, you know, she got shot. Supposedly there were only four people in that vehicle. Megan, her best friend, Tori, security. and his security. So yeah. I've also heard, well, maybe Megan, maybe Tori felt Megan was a threat. In what way? Right. Somebody make it make sense to me. In what way was she a threat if he had security? And her he also had a gun. Or cussing him out it does not justify him shooting her in both of her feet. And again, the fact that this is the conversation, right? That's what is so upsetting to me. Why, yes. why is it that this, I swear to God, if, if it had been, because they had left Kelly, uh, Kylie Jenner's party, if it had been Kylie Jenner who had gotten shot that Girl. night, this would have been the most epic, crazy story of 2020. Chris Jenner would have burned fucking America to the ground yes. if, if Tory Lanez had shot Kylie Jenner. And so it just so and you wonder why Megan is all over the place saying protect black women. Yeah, it's and that's the thing too is that Megan, after he dropped this album, which for for one, fuck all of y'all who listened to that album. Let me be clear. What she said. Because how dare you support somebody putting out music right now when you know the seriousness and the ramifications of the situation i didn't hear any of y'all coming out in all of these different circumstances saying well maybe the cop had another side too but y'all want to say that about tory lanes because you're a fan of his fucking music excuse me stupid no no i've had these conversations so many times about the craziness that fandom does to people's minds i said after the chris brown rihanna incident and this is not to throw chris brown under the bus i would never again be such a fan of somebody that i cannot recognize that they are still a human being and therefore have fault in their actions preach don't come to me as a tory lanes fan and say well we need to hear his side of the story the truth will come to light that's all bullshit period explain to me the justification for one megan lying and two if tori felt the need to release an album supposedly saying they were in some romantic relationship and that they were close why he's insinuating that she would lie in that situation in that relationship has has gained the reputation of being the most uh least problematic female rapper out there whereas Tory Lanez have had allegations of abuse in past relationships and I mean I just it doesn't make any sense and I agree wholeheartedly I mean you kind of had to get over the fandom thing also when it when it came to like Cosby when it came to Michael Jackson um, was the biggest one for me and yes so that broke my heart so I mean that's a deeper conversation that we could have later you know can you separate the artist and their their talent their music or tv film whatever what have you or I come down hard one way on this where where do you uh, where do you, you know, draw the line? But Tory Lanez isn't that. I can't name you a song 
that he that he's popular for honestly i remember him mainly for you know quarantine um twerking what was the thing yeah yeah he had like he was doing his thing and again even if i were a fan for people who are fans take the minute to really think about this situation and Critical take, thinking your, yeah, take your love out of it. This, first of all, as a fan, you don't know this person. That's one thing that I had to come to the conclusion of too. So when true. you're a fan of someone, you don't know these people. You've never had a conversation with them. You don't know anything about them. Nope. Why do you go so you hard? You might not even like them. Y'all might not Exactly. Mesh. Why do you go so hard for their character and try to validate their actions? Do they even know your name? They do not. So I'm going to need y'all to sit down for a second. And again, put some logic into the situation when you're having these conversations, because it has so deeply disturbed me to see some of the comments that have gone on since the situation occurred. And I'm so disappointed in so many of y'all. Um, it's like, what is your whole life like? I have to like? remove myself. Yeah, I, had to, I have to remove myself. <laughs> Because it is, and again, 2020 is a crazy, like, it's an upsetting you? year. Who it's an upsetting year. So I'm gonna need y'all to, I'm gonna need y'all to give that a little bit more thought in your, in your opinions about that. Um, and, and sorry if I get a little heated sometimes. No problem. That happens with me. Um, so, you know, if I offend you, please stick with me because I don't mean to, but I do sometimes if I, if, if I mean it. And in this case, I mean it. Um, no worries over here. <laughs> did you have any more thoughts on that before I move on to our next hot topic? Nope. So you want to go to Offset and Cardi? Sure. <laughs> I mean, this is the article you sent. So Offset and Cardi, guys, as you know, they have had a little bit of a roller coaster of a relationship. Offset and Cardi have broken up and gotten back together within their relationship, as Jada Pinkett likes to say, multiple times, it seems, multiple but also times. publicly, right? You yes. know, you had the moment where Cardi says she was done with him after he cheated. He wooed her publicly, came on stage. She that took him back. That was in my opinion. Ooh, wow. All I right. said it. She dropped, she, she said Keep what going. she said. Um, so at this point, Cardi has filed for divorce. I think when you sent me that, I said that's the most, that's the least surprising celebrity news I've heard in quite a while. Absolutely. Um, but, but for her birthday, Cardi just turned 28. She had a party in Vegas. They were seen booed up and kissing. He bought a whole billboard on behalf of their daughter for Cardi. Seems like he's trying hard to potentially win her back. Uh, what are your thoughts on this story? And do you think Cardi should be giving him his potentially fourth or fifth chance? <laughs> Ashley, you also missed that he gifted her an entire Rose Rose Royce. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'd be forgetting the, about all the all the, the crowd shenanigans. Chanted, "Take him back!" Oh, I didn't we even see that. That to her, yes. Oh, thank you for that because I didn't even know that. Mm -mm. I. Uh, That's a little toxic, but anyway, girl. <laughs> Toxic guys. What are my thoughts with Cardi B and Offset? Honestly, the same emotions I had when I saw that she filed for divorce. It's just not surprising. I mean, she. We'll see how long they'll be together. You feeling good? Your birth. It's your birthday. You're living up. You know, you're living in large VIP Vegas. Um, I just feel like we are also in the era of corona and it's easier to go with what you know than trying something new 
Hey, that's valid. That's very valid, right? That's very valid. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know how celebrities are doing COVID. It seems like some of them are living quite well. Some Uh, of them are actually getting quite sick, too. (laughs) Put put a name on that. Put a name Uh, on that. The Rock, Alyssa Milano. Just recently. Alyssa makes me sad because she says she's still suffering from secondhand effects of COVID. COVID-19 is going to be a pre-existing condition because of the side effects. Yeah. Um, that's what I try to say. That's what I try to say to the people who are like, oh, if I get it, you know, I want to just go ahead and get it and get it over with. It's like, you don't y'all know understand what you're asking. Respond to exactly. It. You don't understand what you're asking. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dora. Yeah. And two major um, athletes, the most a famous soccer player, what's his name? Ruff, Ruff, Chris, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. Yes. His fat ass. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, he got it. And then the um, the coach of like Alabama just got it. Nick it's Saban. Crazy. Nick Saban. Yeah. yeah. So people are getting it out here in these streets. And Kobe, uh, Kobe. Ooh, forgive me. Ooh, Cardi. Rest in peace, baby. Um, Cardi Lakers. out here living like, oh, congrats, Lakers. Mm-hmm. Living out here like COVID don't exist, which again she's 28 she's made some really smart decisions but she have she absolutely acts her age so you know <laughs> offset was looking real rough without her like he needed her and i hope that he remembers that you know when they mm. when they do this again because they are together as of right now but again this is the birthday high Let's see what happens by Christmas. She don't want to move to Atlanta and she doesn't like New York. I mean, she doesn't like LA. She misses New York. It's either New York or LA. She ain't going to Atlanta. And that's where, that's home for him. So. Okay. Well, that's putting some color on it. Cause I didn't know they're, they're living, they're living dynamics at all. I guess with this story, again, to your point, I just felt like it's just a cycle and you know, she's human and we're all human and we know that cycle. Again, we're that's why we talked again. about, no, we're not we talked about for 20 years. If they are, that would shocked. be shocking. Shocked. Shocked. Uh, this is why when we talked about normal people in episode one. Again, I think sometimes it takes such a strength to be able to remove yourself from situations that you know are not in your best interest. It takes a strength because when you're already Absolutely. emotionally invested, sometimes financially invested, they have a child together, you know, it can be hard to fully extract yourself from those situations. And I just wonder, I guess, too, with these stories, if he goes this hard when they're broken up, how, where's your energy when you guys are together? Hiding phones, calling up, third-rate rappers to have all types of situations with like it's stupid it's so stupid I don't and again I'm not in your marriage I don't know no. but it seemed like he puts a lot of effort in when they're split up where's this energy when you guys are together and let's be honest I I I, I give respect where respect is due so the Migos okay. have been popular but Cardi's popping we'll see I think she might pass him I think she has passed him. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, I was never a Migos fan, so it's hard for me to say. Not that I'm a party fan, but... And then Bad and Bougie. And honestly, I didn't even know about Bad and Bougie until Donald Donald Glover's acceptance speech at the Golden Globes. You remember that? Mm, When when everybody else decided to look up Migos, and that's when they became even bigger crossover hits. Yeah. 
That's funny. All right. So our last hot topic is one you wanted to discuss. Coming to America too. Go ahead and take it, girl. Oh, okay. Um, you might have to edit this out because I don't have it in front of me, Ashley. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll speak to what your general sentiments were, which is that coming to America too, basically just due to COVID and the fact that nobody's going to movie theaters, Paramount Pictures decided to sell um, coming to America too to Amazon Studios for a whopping $125 million. Go ahead, Eddie Murphy. Congratulations, sir. Absolutely. And I thought the last article I saw said he was still going to be the deciding factor in that kind of really that deal being solidified. And when it is, I guess it will drop on Amazon um, December 18th. So oh, in time for the holidays. In time for holidays. I didn't even know what the storyline was. I just looked it up last night. I so he's going to have know. a long, he's, do you want to hear it or do you want me to not tell you? Um, I like to be surprised. We can hold off. I'm just, okay. It's highly anticipated. I'm excited. It is absolutely. So I guess the only thing that I was, I was texting another one of my friends last night who was a super, super head for like the, uh, the, the movies and all that. I'm just afraid they're going to shit the bed. Like I'm so nervous that, that after all these years, I mean, coming to America is a staple, is a classic black film y'all better bring it exactly and come into america too actually my number one eddie murphy film it's a lot it's most people's yeah like it's most people's that are i mean i can't speak to any other uh persuasion but for black folk it is most people's um i just again i I'm curious to see what they do with it when you do finally see what the movie is about because I just looked at it last night. I was confused. So I'm confused as to the transition between movie one and movie two. So I'll be curious. I'll definitely, I think everybody's going to watch, but again, the level of satisfaction with this sequel. And you know what I'm interested in is how how it's going to be now that we live in a world where Wakanda exists on the big screen. Because hmm. coming to America was so significant at the time because there was nothing like it before outside of like roots or something. That's such a good point. That's and such so a good point. There was a, a like the same way we showed up for Black Panther, our parents showed up for coming to America, you know, taking yeah. pride in. Yeah, because they um, said it did like 300 million. Yes. And then, the you time. know, taking pride in our African heritage and, and you know, knowing. And we got to from. see us as royalty. Yes, exactly. And so it's going to be interesting because, like I said, that's like, like number one. And then Wakanda blew that out of the water. Oof. And then Wakanda so now, forever. <laughs> uh, so it should be interesting. I'm excited though. And yeah, I have, I'm super so excited. But again, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm excited but nervous. I feel like I'm like hedging my expectations. And we will because... definitely be recapping it. Oh, absolutely. That's on the list. Do not fear. That's on the list. So that was our last hot topic. All right. All right so this week's recap, Ms. Delora is leading it on Anola Holmes, a Netflix original. Go ahead, girl. Yes. Like Ashley said, we are recapping Anola Holmes, a Netflix original release date, September 23rd, 2020. So here's a quick synopsis. When Anola Holmes, Sherlock's teen sister, discovers her mother missing, she set off to find her, becoming a super sleuth 
in her own right as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. The film stars Millie Bobby Brown, better known for her work in Stranger Things, as Holmes, uh, Henry Cavill, best known as Superman, and The Witcher, as Sherlock Holmes, or I think I'll be referring to him as uh, Swolock. Like, that was going on online, and it was hilarious, because he was busting through those suits, okay? Uh, Sam uh, Keflin, better known for his work in Hunger Games and You Before Me, um, as Maycroft Holmes, the legendary Helena Bonham Carter, as Adoria Holmes, newcomer Lewis Partridge, as um i'm gonna call him i don't know how to say his name ashley you know how to say his name Two- so it's, it's it's viscount yeah v- it's his first name yes von kant Tewsbury, Vi- the yeah viscount tewksbury yes yeah, uh, he's a lord it doesn't yeah. matter guys if you watch it you it's you it don't matter <laughs> I'm going to call him the, the, the Marquise because I had to look it up because I was like, what in the world is a Marquise? I and looked that up too. Or just call him the Lord, like Scott Disick. Like yes, I just call him the him. Lord. Thank you. And the way they were saying it through the film was like super fast. I'm just like, okay. But really quick, I want to I give you the definition of um, Marquise, a member of the British uh, peerage ranking below a duke and above an earl so mm-hmm. the more you know i like to highlight susan wakuma as edith she is the only person of color but she made such a dynamic um appearance that she's definitely noteworthy Absolutely. and i like to also mention that the director uh henry bradbear He's done projects like Fleabag and Killing Eve. So, um, a little background. This movie is based on the bestseller um, books. The first book, The Case of the Missing Marquise. Um, There's a total of six books. And like I mentioned, it's a Netflix original. And it's pretty well liked. So, Ashley, what are your thoughts about this film? So... We'll start with ratings and then we'll get into the spoilers very soon. Yes, yes. So this was going to be a hidden gem. You're like, no, we need to recap this. So um, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, As usual, I've now watched it twice so I could be fresh for the show. Yes. Um, It was so cute. It's another one of those I kind of discovered on like a Saturday morning. And really, it was a two-hour, you know, film that I just really enjoyed getting to see Millie Bobby Brown kind of break out of her shell of Stranger Things and being 11. And it was so uh, refreshing to see a 16-year-old play a 16-year-old and to really get to follow this journey with her. I had no idea in my previous incarnations of Sherlock Holmes watching, which has been Robert Downey Jr. and yes, um amazing and, and Johnny Lee Miller from elementary that he had siblings. So it was it was just interesting to think that he had, you know, a younger sister and to what she would be like. 
I found the movie to be absolutely um, uh, it's interesting from beginning to end. Um, if I have to give it a rating, I guess I will give it a B plus. And that's not because I didn't thoroughly enjoy it, but just because um, I think for the sake of um, consistency for me with ratings, it's going to take a lot to get an A out of me. And I know I gave normal people an A, but normal people really rocked me in a very good a way. A lot of emotions. Yeah, so, so that's not, my B plus is not to say I didn't enjoy it, um, but my B plus is to say I really did enjoy it. And I think there's a lot of room for growth. I hope they do some sequels. I hope we get to see Millie continue down this road of, you know, getting to be a, a, a beautiful young lady on camera and getting to start her own vehicles. But I really, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to recap this. What were your thoughts? I thought it was absolutely delightful. <laughs> I think that's I, what you text me. You text I was me just delightful. about to say when I finished it, I was just like, that was delightful. It was refreshing. <laughs> like you said, uh, Millie Bobby Brown is a star. She, she is. She killed it. Like she, she just embodied the role so well. And um, stellar cast, okay? It was amazing to see so many talented actors in one place. Fun fact, she's a producer on yes, the movie. Yes, she is. Yes, she and is. I was so impressed. I, I just, I cannot wait to see what she's going to do. And when I found out it was based off of books, I, w- I got super excited because I'm like, yes, sequels. Thank you. Exactly. And as we talked about before, the best content comes from books. Like it really does. Absolutely. Stories are so well developed. Because stories are so well developed when they come from books. It's usually the movies that take take a beating. (laughs) Um so uh right now we're gonna go ahead and get into Oh, you didn't give your rating. You didn't give your rating. Thank you, Ashley. I gave it an A. (laughs) Okay. I gave it an A. I loved it so much. Like I said um, previously, I just, it was just refreshing. It was fun. Again, it's a BBC, not a BBC moment, but I love a good British period piece. Come on. And uh, (laughs) her costumes were gorgeous. Um, Everybody just looked amazing and it was quirky and fun. I loved it. It was it was great escapism for me. <laughs> also enjoyed the style, the fact that they had her breaking that fourth wall and yes. being able to talk directly to the audience, which I a didn't star. know was influenced from Fleabag. So the yes. fact that we both loved and watched Fleabag, if anybody hasn't seen that, it's on Amazon two seasons. We might have to consider um, recapping that one day. If we I mean, we can definitely go back. We can go back, but yes. but I definitely enjoyed that way of storytelling. So that was definitely a plus. But go ahead. Absolutely. She said so much with the, her looks. I loved it. So we're going to go ahead and move forward. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, so going into the flow of the movie, you want to talk about, have you noticed any themes um, uh, with the overall movie before I go down the events of the, of the film? Give me an idea of what you mean by theme. So what I picked up was female empowerment, exclamation okay. point, exclamation Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Coming to age. And okay. then also enjoyed the mother-daughter dynamic of, <sighs> of the movie. It really tugged at my heartstrings because I have a close relationship with my mom. <laughs> Same. 
always does, makes me tear up every time. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. And then politics, obviously, this ends up being yes. very heavy politically. And as we know, well given the current climate we're in, that matters. And I can Election see why year. we can see why it was dropped when it was dropped. Yeah. So and, and also also, it's very um, youth-centric and the idea that I think that they were trying to propel young people to feel like they matter. That and was they can theme. do something today. You don't have to wait to be Absolutely. Um, influential. Like, I, I love... I believe there were a lot of quotables in this film, and I think it's because it's based off of a film, but... Based off a uh, book. Mm -hmm. Or based off a book, thank you. And I just... I love it. One of the reoccurring um, quote in particular um, was, there are two paths you can take, Enola, yours or the path others choose for you. And I was like, mama. I had mama that written down creepy. too, girl. Okay. And they also said a couple of times, like the future is yours. And again, I think that's speaking directly to the young people who are going to watch this film and realize that, you know, even even if you don't have a right to vote yet in this election, if you're Millie Bobby Brown's age, we are going to rely on our youth as we always have for yes. whatever the future is going to look like. So please become active, become mobile, realize your power. The younger you are, you realize your power, the greater influence you'll be able to have on the future. So it's take a ownership message. of your voice. It's a beautiful message. Yes. Okay. So the film starts with Enola making her way to the train station. She's going to meet her brothers there. And um, she's speaking straight to the camera. And in this time, she informs us that her mom is missing. Her mom has been a staple, honestly, her whole world since birth, because her father passed away. Um, when she was a baby and she's the youngest of her family so she doesn't have a close relationship with her her brothers again who are Sherlock Holmes and, and Maycraft um, Holmes and so her mama goes missing the morning of her 16th birthday and she leaves her this gift and in it she she leaves clues because her mom is a lover of um, puzzles, of anagrams, um, or ciphers, and it's up to Enola to figure out this mystery. And so, her brothers didn't recognize her when she arrived at uh, <laughs> the train station. They literally walked past her. And you learn really quickly of uh, the family dynamics. So Anola, I like to describe her as um, wild, free, not of the women of her generation. Um, how would you describe her, Ashley? Uh, same. I loved Anola so much. The fact that her mother was able to really teach her uh, in very unconventional ways from everything from archery to self-defense to like chemistry and all these things. And again, the era, the era that this movie is set in is like the 1800s. So you're yes, talking about English women who would not have had a lot of rights and privileges and her mother in and of herself is this very unconventional character. And so she raises her daughter kind of in that 
in that same essence, but even a little bit more so because I think her, with her being the next generation, she foresees her daughter having even more freedom and flexibility than she does. So I loved, you know, as my personality, which Delora knows, not everybody knows, dictates, I absolutely love when a woman has the right to do and be everything she wants to be in life. So I was all for it. I felt like Mama Sherlock was such a badass and I loved what she um, ingrained in her daughter. Um, I honestly, watching the film, I thought to myself, I need to take notes because I want to be that type of mama. You know what I mean? Like just getting her prepared for the world. Absolutely. Um, and she, she, she honed um, Nola's love for reading and learning and decoding and, you know, mm -hmm. just being a critical thinker, which is so important. And again, mm -hmm. to our conversation earlier, using our minds, uh, understanding like you're a woman, you have intelligence, you can be a strategist, you can figure it out. You are fully capable, honey. Fully, fully. capable. And so she meets her brother, her oldest brother, um, Mycroft. I would call him more of a traditionalist. Um, Hated him. Uh, he was the worst, the worst. Um, he described Enola as unbroken, undereducated, poorly dressed. And um, again, like I was saying earlier, I if I were to describe Enola myself, I would call her brave, fearless, and brilliant. Okay. And, um, and then with Sherlock, I would consider him an aloof genius. What were your mm -hmm. first impressions on Sherlock? Yeah, I mean, so again hated mycroft uh sorry Awful. sam this was a character that i you know usually i love him i'm like i hate your guts um henry cavill as as sherlock holmes again my previous incarnations of sherlock have been robert downey jr and johnny lee miller yeah and i was i was a little i don't even want to say disappointed i just felt like this version was a little more um repressed yeah he was just like very stiff and very proper and that's not really the version of Sherlock I'm used to I really prefer kind of this eccentric version of him that I've gotten in other in other films and again I know that as an actor Henry was able to make it his own but I was a little bit disappointed and then also obviously the relationship between him and his sister he's very hands-off and given the the circumstances that Enola finds herself in being left by her only caregiver at 16 years old and her brother coming and becoming such a force in Mycroft's character that I really had hopes at the very beginning that Sherlock, given the type of character I've known him to be, would have stepped in sooner than he does. We can get to that later, but I was a little disappointed. I can, I hear you. I hear you. And so basically she meets her brothers at the train station and they're, they're all coming together to figure out what to do now that their mother is missing. And so when Mycroft shows up to their ancestral home it is terribly unkept <laughs> and his whole estate it has a name it's a whole yes it's the whole, whole estate, estate. It's called um is it uh farnell i believe it's farnell and that sounds about right their father yes. died did you mention already that their father yes. died mm -hmm. okay yeah so their father died leaving the home to, to my oldest yes oldest because but women mom, weren't allowed to own land at that time but but and mom had asked to take care of it and take care of um and take care of anola oh my bad go ahead go ahead i don't mean to get ahead of you sorry 
Lots of people. So he's he shows up to the estate that he left in the hands of his mother, and he is completely disgusted and frustrated, and very snobby about it. So apparently, his their mother has been asking for money to keep up with the house in order to add a bathroom and pay for you know teachers so a piano teacher an etiquette teacher a governess and he shows up and none of that is done so essentially mama sherlock took some money and um i think one of the things this film did and that i enjoy i love a good flashback and so um there's tons of flashbacks in this um, in this movie, but you'll see when um, Anola is describing her mother, she talked about how privacy was super important to her mother, and in the, the highest flashback, virtue, her, the highest virtue, and in a flashback, she she remembers walking at night past her mom's room, and there's a lot of women um, in this room apparently having a meeting immediately the way they're dressed you're thinking suffragette and um again the suffragette movement was happening during that time a little history lesson it happened during uh 1866 through 1918 and then the law that accepted everybody happened in 1928 so we're we're right at 1900 during uh this time of the movie and Immediately, you know, her mom is part of the revolution. <laughs> so um, one could think that she essentially used the money to fund um, those endeavors. So Mycroft is, again, just up in arms over all the money he sent to his mother through the years for it. To, for us not to know where the money has gone. Sherlock being aloof, as we mentioned before, pretty much shrugging his shoulders, like, well, maybe she needed for something else. You never know. So Mycroft's decision was, okay, I'm your ward now, Anola. We're going to send you to boarding school, which is the one thing that Anola has no desire to do. <laughs> she feels like her education and everything was good enough. So, I believe Mycroft said that she needed to, to be broken and built back up. It was a disturbing quote. <laughs> yes, you are correct. So, that night before, um, well, actually, we did get a chance to meet the, the headmistress of the boarding school that Nola was supposed to go to, and it was not a pleasant um, experience. It's with Miss. Harrison and mm -hmm. I wanted to note uh she absolutely had a crush on Minecraft by the way yes she did <laughs> and she slapped Enola in the face girl she slapped was she Enola in I the was face. like the audacity Yo. who are you we we would have been laying hands that night let me just say <laughs> she would have got her ass whooped you're not gonna come in my ma'am you're not gonna come in my house put your hands on me you crazy anyway Insanity. So that night before she is scheduled to go off uh, with Miss Harrison to go to boarding school, she was mulling over the clues her mom left behind her, uh, be behind for her because she's such, um, you know, she was so much into word games. 
And through Enola's wits, she was able to find a wad of cash uh, behind a painting of a flower that her mom left for her. And it, it left her instructions of, you know, uh, the future is yours. And she's like, what does this mean? And so she, you know, taking after her older brother, Sherlock, decided to find her mother. And so her first clue uh, made her want to get up and go to London. And because she's smart and she didn't want to get caught, the next morning she got dressed in Sherlock's old clothes and hopped on a train. What are, you, what are your thoughts at this point, Ashley? Yeah, so I labeled this the beginning in my notes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Literally. I wanted to. Okay. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm just saying I literally have it broken out. It seems like probably the way you're going to do it. So I have this as the beginning. Then I'm, I have I have the next part is the search. So the only couple of additional notes I have from the beginning is, again, my disappointment for a little bit with Sherlock was it didn't see, it seemed like he was so disinterested. But there were a couple of points in there that I did love between the two of them, which was one, when he comes out and he's talking about this this uh, pine cone that she had from her childhood that ends up being significant throughout the rest of the film for sentimental reasons called Dash and you realize okay well you know he may not have been fully present but you can tell that, that he loves his sister and that there is some relationship there between the two of them so I found that very endearing and the second yeah. one was when the one housekeeper that the mom did keep on payroll yes. during all this time mentions the fact that Enola is more like Sherlock than she is Mycroft in that they both have this genius in them and that she mentally runs circles around her the same that Sherlock did and that that's why that's one of the contentious reasons between her relationship and both of their relationships really with Mycroft because you realize even though we're so focused on Enola you see the dynamics between Mycroft and Sherlock as well which is that Mycroft being the oldest feels like he had to be the one to take on the family and take on the responsibility and Sherlock kind of got to do his own thing but I think a part of that is really the fact that you know, Sherlock is just a different type of person. And Enola inherited that as well. This freedom, this freedom of thought, this freedom of expression. So I enjoy those two things as a part of kind of the beginning, because I think it's going to be very relevant as we get to the end. And we talk about the future for Enola and her capacity as a young woman in society. So those Absolutely. are my only additional notes from, from the beginning. I think you covered it beautifully. Thank you. And I, I will say, um, and I also noted here, just the level of detachment in this in the family relationship. Mycroft yes. and Sherlock seemed just so detached to their mom. And I and she was with them before Enola. Now, granted, with Enola, I'm sure it was a lot different compared to how she raised her sons, but the level of disconnect was a little bit alarming for me because I'm just like, yeah. what what is this family dynamic truly? So yeah, that's a really good point that I didn't even think about was, again, they're just showing them as being older. So you, you don't, you know, Enola is only 16. So you still feel the attachment that obviously she's going to feel with her mother. You know, she's only 16 years old. But to your point, relationships between mothers and mothers and daughters and mothers and sons are different. They so, are. And so I'm maybe sure in they this had case, the governess and all the, the teachers yeah. and all that stuff that Anola did not they have. were wealthy. They were wealthy. Yeah. As we know, in many wealthy families and situations, it's not necessarily that fam that familiar relationship with children isn't always there because that wasn't their primary caregiver. So that's a good point. Yes. All right. So Anola gets on the train and on the train, she meets um, 
the the lord <laughs> it was very i love how they mean it was a very it was a cute what they call it meet cute <laughs> yep so Anola gets on the train uh, disguised as a boy, and in her cart, there's a bag with someone in it, and he felt, he falls to the ground, and he cuts himself out of it, and he introduced himself, um, the terribly long name, but again, we're going to refer to him as the Lord, and he's on the escape. He is um, under a lot of pressure. Um, at this point, we we don't know this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. We found we find out that his dad um, had died, and so he's next in line, and he has essentially a lot of responsibilities on his small shoulders. Um, so because he appears to be a Nola same age and not you know yes. ready well, for this life. The, exactly, exactly. So Anola being. Um, extremely observant as an excellent detective would be she noticed that a guy in a boulder hat is looking for him because she heard his family before getting on the train looking essentially looking for the lord and she didn't want to get caught in the crossfires of that um she she leaves the cart and then the bowler guy you know brushes up against her and he goes into the cart and you hear ruckus and so one of my favorite quotes during this time is again mama sherlock came with all the gems and she pretty much said paint your own picture nola don't be thrown off course by other people especially Especially men men. yeah (laughs) what does a little anola do she turned around and helped um help the lord because he was about to get thrown off this train Mm. and in the midst of all that the only way to escape imminent danger was jumping off the train (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what did you think about meeting the lord for the first time um, I love the role reversal that he was kind of the damsel in distress, as they say in this situation. Point. Yes. It was very, it was very uh, reminiscent of Hunger Games for me, um, yeah. which I love, you know, kind of getting to see a woman who is in total control. We definitely, we definitely connected over our love of the Hunger Games. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Team PETA, Team PETA always. All day, every day. Um, but again, I, I just loved that. I loved that, um, you know, she was on this path. Something we'll find out about later, and I'm sure you'll touch on it, is that Enola is a sucker for really those who are not able to, like, protect themselves. And I think that yes. was something she saw in him is like, I have the, I'm strong, I have the ability to be there. So in this case, I can't just turn a blind eye. Cause you would think sometime in this moment, she'd be like, let's, she kicked him out of the little rail car said, listen, I have my own shit. Her mom is missing. She yeah, I don't need this. upon her shoulders to find her mom. Cause so, I put him as the distraction. Like that's how I labeled him. A man is always a distraction. Of course. Woo, <laughs> But he also, obviously, another point I had written down was that he's gonna, he's entitled because he is this Lord. He's used to a certain lifestyle. When you see his family, you see that they're well-to-do. Not that Enola's not, 
but he's at a different level of being well-to-do. You know, he's exactly. titled. He's titled. Exactly. So, you know, when we first meet him again, I love that kind of role reversal um, that we get to see. And I, I'm, I'm interested in the journey because at this point, I didn't know whether there was going to be a love interest because Enola says at the beginning of the film, like she doesn't want to live this traditional life. She doesn't want a husband. So yeah. I was curious as to whether or not this would be a part of her journey or not. But as you love and I love, we all love a little love and a little romance of in our course. stories. So of what would course. it be without a little love? Go ahead, girl. Well said. Well said. Um, that was an excellent point about the role reversal. I, I thought it was peculiar. And honestly, the first time I watched it, I didn't really grasp his position right away like and I think it's because I had no idea where the Marquise was right yeah <laughs> and so um it was it was interesting and I loved how she just did not have any time for him but she um, said, get out of here I, you're you're a problem for me get your problems are gonna become my problems get out of here <laughs> period and I'm like yes ma'am yes <laughs> I should say miss so and again um, this girl is 16 years old do y'all remember what y'all were like at 16 years old like I would have been so distracted by some boy that I may have thought was cute (laughs) at 16 them hormones and honestly he didn't get cute until we cut his hair so we'll go okay we'll get there then again I don't know if I was on a mission to find my mom I don't know I may not have got distracted I would not have gotten sidetracked but anyway they they jumped off they jumped off the train and I want to I want to highlight this because this is something that I noticed that's going to be important later on uh when they were walking by foot to London because that's the destination uh he was very knowledgeable of the plants and she was just like oh my goodness we're starving and he knew right away oh this right here is a wheat this right here is a mushroom we have enough for dinner so um, and that night, they also decided to cut his hair because they need to, dis- you know, keep him in disguise because his life is in danger. And so basically... I love that moment, too, where she, like, smiles at the camera. Where he's like, listen, I'm not totally useless. And you see her kind of smirk. And, you know, she's starting to kind of fall for him. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess you do know a little something, something, huh, sir? Yes, because, oh, as soon as they jumped off the plane, or no, I'm sorry, the train, forgive me, uh... She was like, aren't you going to say thank you? And he was so oblivious. He was like, for what? And she's so like, entitled. sir, I saved your behind. You would have been in the lake. So entitled. That was off-putting. That's also another reason why I didn't really try to stake my claim uh, to, to his character at all. Like in terms of like, okay. So they make it to London and he continues to go wherever he was going to go. And she continued her search to find her mom. Uh, she is still in Sherlock's clothes, so she decided to go and change her clothes. And um, can I say, can I say something real quick? Of course, go ahead. So one thing I just want to say is when they were out there, that's when you first realize that this could potentially, one of the reasons why he may be being followed or trying to be killed essentially is for for political reasons for political reasons because that's an excellent point actually because you don't really understand the gravity of their political um their political moment until you get to london when you realize there's a major vote coming up and reform for opening up the right to vote to women and to, to other men, too, because at that point, it seems like it was just to the wealthy. Yeah, it was just yes, to the wealthy. that's right. 
And then I was just going to say, too, the scene in the dress shop when she comes in reminded me of Pretty Woman so much. Oh, did it? <laughs> it did. Well, and that's what I was going to get to with her going to this dress shop because she has to blend in now. And mind you, she also has a lot of money courtesy to Mama Sherlock. Um, she looked ravishing in red. She looked so amazing. And it was just, um, I always love a big reveal moment where you finally see her dressed up. She, she decided to wear the corset <laughs> and all the, all the things as required of a woman at the time, because again at home in the country she was very much a free spirit but it was her choice as she likes to say it can be seen as a sign of oppression but in this case it was her choice because she was on her mission to find yes. her mom she had to blend in yes and so she also asked the store clerk to you know where she could find lodging and this store never clerk, trusted that lady never she was like oh no place and she found a hole in the wall for Enola. And Enola being sheltered like she was, she had no idea. Rats so, on the floor. Come on. <laughs> so that she, was scary. It was very, it was gross. But yes, yeah, she decided to stay there. So now that she's in London, she decided to visit um, a correspondent that her mom had in London, um, Edith. So she, it was a tea shop that upstairs they were teaching women just jujitsu uh forgive me for not saying that properly how do you say it ashley jujitsu self-defense bike yes. training which again i'm loving this because i'm like yes women weren't always so defenseless like there were some women who were out here kicking some butt okay <laughs> absolutely and the fact that she had to disguise it as a different type of business was probably so on point historically um in yes. terms of probably the things that women had to do to be able to blend in society but at the same time exercise those rights and move move us forward in history yes and i like to go back just a little bit during this time with enola in london the brothers discover that she's missing and as you mentioned before the housekeeper um, essentially encouraged Sherlock to define the sister. <laughs> please, please, uh, please care about your like, care about your only young little baby sister who's sixteen exactly. years old out here in this big bad world. And according to the housekeeper, she she didn't have much faith that Enola would be able to navigate the big world by herself. But you know, as you see, she's she's doing pretty well for she herself. did she did a beautiful i mean she was leaving at this point to coded messages for her mom in different publications yes so she could get her mom's attention and get a meet scheduled absolutely so she meets edith who apparently she's worked with before um teaching her um self this martial arts for self-defense mm -hmm. and edith is not very forthcoming with any information really um she she's pretty much trying to find the whereabouts of her mom and i don't know if this conversation was uh beneficial ashley what were your thoughts well i think at this point in time so you kind of mentioned that you had realized the suffragette movement was a part of the mom's plans at the point where you see the the flashback to her plans at home with all these women this was the moment that i realized that that was really the agenda because you know, you start to realize that, again, voting is a big point of this movie at, at this moment in time. And it seems like from everything Eve is saying, 
that she just feels like, um, you know, the mom is on this path and there's a really big reason behind it. Because at the beginning of the movie, as a viewer, you're like, what mom leaves her 16-year-old daughter uh, out, you know, out the ass and just is like, listen, like what could be bigger than needing to take and care of your child, essentially? And who, and who, what if she wasn't able to figure out those clues? Just exactly. <laughs> like you're just, uh, you're just assuming that you raised your daughter to be brilliant enough to figure out whatever the puzzles are. And obviously they were not is. easy. They were exactly. not easy at all. But I think this is the moment where I realized that it, it's not just, it's not just, um, uh, Eudoria who is on this path that she has obviously support and that there's this level of independence that they're trying to push Enola to be. You know, yes. thing, I don't know if we mentioned in the beginning, but Enola's name backwards spelled alone. Yes. It's almost as if her mother had been, parent, been preparing her since birth for her future and what that was going to entail. So I think it was just a moment where I realized that, you know, potentially Enola is really going to have to go on this journey by herself. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of hoping at some point yeah. in time, maybe she's going to get some help. Maybe she's going to get some support. But I think in this moment, maybe her brother Sherlock's going to help her. Exactly. I think in this moment, I'm like, well, listen, I guess Enola it's, it's, it's you, it's you and us as the audience who are on this journey together. And you as a 16 year old really have to assert that independence and figure it out. Cause I think even Edith said to her in the tea shop, like, listen, don't be here just to find your mom. Be here because you also are trying to like find yourself and mm. discover things about yourself. I thought that was powerful. And it's so funny that you say that because one of the things that I also wrote down in my notes for how I felt about this film was if you want to get it done, you have to do it yourself. And this mm. shows up multiple times. Ooh, in this it sure film. does. And it sure does. Um, the first is, you know, Anola doing this case by herself because again i i was under the assumption oh maybe she'll have her brother help or something but no is this this another thing you know independence you know self-sufficiency um and so so yeah so it wasn't a complete bust visiting edith um in the attic of the tea shop she had another flashback. She saw boxes that she remembers seeing in her mom's house or her mom room in particular during her suffrage jet meeting. Um, it was like a, it had a dragon on it and they were, it was fireworks or to be nicely uh, dynamite <laughs> in the box. Girl, and, boss. Uh, she immediately had that flashback where she saw that same symbol and then she heard her mom using coded language again being as brilliant as she was she was able to figure out one of the places she had to go to was the limehouse lane mm -hmm. so um anola then makes her way uh to this to this street where she finds the dynamite shop and she realized that some of the work that these suffrage jets are working on could be potentially dangerous because they had a lot of dynamite um, in their possession. <laughs> and she um, realized that things that her brothers had told her previously about her mother might be accurate because yes. all she has of the vision of her mother is her own experience. And she's like, oh, caregiver. Maybe you know, mom is dangerous. Maybe mom is. Dangerous. Yeah, creative. doing her thing. Yeah. But mom will blow some stuff up. I also put in my notes for Mama Sherlock was um Mama Sherlock by any means necessary. <laughs> I mean, literally by any means necessary, right? I mean, she's 
She's, she's not about it. Path. She's on a path that, uh, you know, not to say most people don't have the balls to do it because that sounds like, you know, there aren't other ways to accomplish things. But I think she was definitely being shown to be someone who was pretty fearless in trying to accomplish her goals. Absolutely. So during her time at the Limehouse Lane, Lane, where the, all the explosives were located, the man in the bowler hat shows up again and he attacks Enola. Thank God for her jiu-jitsu practice um, with her mom and um, her teachings from Edith she she fought him pretty well i was really impressed um until we got to the bucket full of water and he tried to drown her and again her being a clever girl she pretended she was dead and she was able to you know get from that situation essentially he tried to stab her and if it wasn't for that good old that corset, that corset saved her life, girl. Of course, it saved her, her life. life. And in that shock, she was able to um, save herself and blow up some stuff with him uh, yeah. in the midst of it. And she was able to run away. I'm glad you felt good about the fight scene because I was disappointed. And maybe, maybe it's because I'm so used to these like, fight scenes with women from like Colombiana, let's say, or like Oh, I love Colombiana. Or, or anything like, that Zoe does. I mean Yeah, or even like, you know, all the superhero films where you really get to see a woman kick ass like I just felt like she was on the defensive the whole time and that's I'm, I, I'm very appreciative she was able to defend herself but I yeah. literally have it written down I really wanted her to kick his ass like I just, it was a 16 year old girl though so I that, know and he so was a that, grown man I, I guess get what it. I'm trying to say in terms of me being impressed by her was like she didn't go down she didn't go down without a fight, you know. She was didn't. it the Absolutely. perfect fight? No, Absolutely. but I didn't. I didn't have maybe more of a defensive fighting style. I'm yeah. not familiar with jiu-jitsu enough to know. Uh, maybe Joe Rogan knows. I'm sure he does, but I don't know. So, you know, again, that's just my one note from that. But otherwise, yeah, I'm glad she was able to to stay alive in that moment. I was just impressed that she was able to walk away from the situation. I guess sure. that's where I, I stood. And the assassin, again, is not even looking for her. He's looking for the Lord. The so. Lord, exactly. And that's where I was going to get to that. Thank you, Ashley. Um, she realized that he's trying to pinpoint the Lord and he doesn't care if he kills her in the process. Mm-hmm. Because obviously whoever's behind the, the Lord, you know, getting got, uh, his job isn't done until that happens yo that reminds me of the bodyguard so hard like yes, that 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 true. you know i you you he keeps going until he gets it done yeah that is terrifying go ahead so essentially enola is at a figurative crossroads because she is deciding whether or not she should move forward to finding her mom or if she should save the lord because this guy obviously is still looking for her and um this is where we have our flashback uh Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about that 
Sure, this is just to my point earlier about you see a flashback of Enola who almost lost her life essentially trying to save an animal from falling over a cliff and her mom is saying, listen, it's great to help those who are in need and are weaker than you, but it should not be at the peril of your own life. And I think that's where you see yes. a break in her logic versus her mother's logic, which as children, we know those moments happen, but I think it was vital to, you know, obviously Enola's decision making in, the, in this moment where she's like, listen, mom in my head I hear you but I'm strong and I have the skills and what you taught me to be able yes. to assist and I cannot mm -hmm. just let him potentially die knowing that I could have helped him she had she had enough power in herself to do something and make a change so and again I love that female empowerment yes as like listen I'm going to go save your life sir Okay. Yes, yes. So she decided to switch her priorities from finding mom to saving the Lord. Which is and why I list this section as the distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. I love it. So she decided to help. So the first stop is to go to Basil Weather to his family to get some more information. So this is where it gets fun, right? Essentially, mm -hmm. this whole this whole show is a mystery, and um, and I love the tools of the detective that she decides to use. So she she loves disguise, right? So yeah. she decides to show up as a widow, so in all black, <laughs> mind you, she's sixteen years old, right? Um, but she's like, people hate asking too many questions of a grieving woman so i know perfect disguise i thought brilliant brilliant and hilarious yes and so but she managed to get into the door and meet the lord's mother uncle and grandmother mm. she's also um presenting herself as an apprentice or an assistant to Sherlock yes. Holmes. Yes. Um, not truly revealing who she actually is, but she knows that's going to get her through the door. Mm -hmm. And so the family being extremely confused why a widow is in front of them as the you know, assistant to Sherlock. <laughs> um, there's, an other, there's another gentleman there, um, Lishard of the Scotland Yard. So that's like essentially. Is that his name? Girl, I had his name as Astrid, A-S-T-R-O-D. I don't know uh, where I got that from. His name is <laughs> L-E-S-T-R-A-D-E. See, I'm glad you're doing this recap because I had, I literally have Astrid. I don't know where I got that from. Go ahead. And so he's essentially the top detective of the local, you know. Of Scotland Yard. Of Scotland, Scotland Yard. Yard. Exactly. England. You know, mm -hmm. you know what that is. Yes. Um, and he's like, you don't work with Sherlock. And I, I put this in quotes, Sherlock always works alone, you know? And so. Because you know him so well, sir. So well. And essentially, their back and forth essentially causes both of them to get kicked out of the house because they're just like, we don't know who sent you, but our son is missing, but we don't want to work with you, essentially. And so it was so funny because um, uh, 
Lestrade. Le, Le now I'm second guessing how to say his name. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you're right. I think I just came up with that off of hearing it, and I some of the accents I couldn't hear past. So Girl, I'm sure you're right. I couldn't get our uh, our boo the Lord's name right. She said yep. it so fast in the film. Yeah. That's that British. That's that British speak right there. I'm yes. struggling through some of those. I'll refer to him as the top detective of uh, Scotland Yard. Okay. Um, he essentially, <laughs> it was like a back and forth between him and Enola, pretty much saying, well, if you know Sherlock, um, you, you know, you'll ask me three questions and I'll ask you three questions and this will determine how much we know. And the thing that was hilarious is all the, all the questions she asked him were based on food. And yes. he, was like, he was like, why are you asking me all these food questions? What's his favorite meal? Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cute, though, because I'm like, you know, she is his younger sister it's not like they mm -hmm. spent any significant time together she probably only knows what her mom and maybe the housekeeper told her and um, also remember she tells him she likes that's one of the things too that we didn't touch on in the beginning when they were having that conversation uh about the about the um pine cone she says yeah. listen i scraped together every bit of information i could ever get about you and if you think about that that's so vital right like anola yeah. does not really know him but she had she's almost like in fandom of her own brother right because Along she does not have house. a personal relationship with him is that because he is the sherlock holmes like he is yeah. at this point renowned for his ability to solve cases and for his genius but she has to observe him from afar like everybody else does so excellent point, Ashley. So we cut from Enola and we see more of a uh, swole lock homes. Um, <laughs> he makes his way. He's essentially <laughs> uh, tracking Enola's footsteps and makes it to the tea house. This time we see Edith actually working in the tea house. Um, we, we find out that it's a revolutionary place, you know, kind of disguised because they have a lot of banned li literature um, on their shelves. But this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. Because when the I exact tell you, same I, did, thing. I did snaps and I screamed. And of course, girl. it's girl, sister girl. Go ahead and tell it. 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 So. Sherlock um, essentially is talking to Edith, asking about his mother and also Enola. She informs him that she did see his sister and apparently a boy is involved, right? <laughs> and when a talking useless, about his, A useless boy. A useless boy. And at this point, um, uh, Sherlock decided to ask about his mom and he described what his mom um, activities as mischief. Mm. And Edith was like, while pouring tea, like, excuse me, sir? Wrong choice of words, brother. Wrong choice of words. And she's like, you would say that, but you don't know what it's like to be without power. And she's like, how did you describe politics? And he described it as fatally boring and edith said these wonderful words she said you have no interest in changing a world that suits you so well 
I she had to cover my mouth because I wrote down, filth. amen. She read him for filth. I'll read it again. You have no interest in changing a world that suits you so well. He had the nerve to say that politics was fatally boring. The world was made for you, sir. Preach, Edith. Preach. I have this written down seriously in caps. Amen. Because I think, again, when you think about the level that we are in the world today, this, again, is supposed to be based in the late 1800s, the world we are in today, where we are in politics in this country. It was such an impactful moment that this Black woman in society is telling this privileged white man yes the facts them facts oh girl gave me she chills. was so fearless gave me them yeah. gave me chills mm. I, I i literally was like yo <laughs> yo y'all can't see me but i was over here covering my mouth when delora was reading that quote because when i tell y'all like oh gets me going oh my goodness that was an amazing quote and an amazing moment for sure in that film that they allowed that to happen. It, they allowed it to happen. And it definitely, it definitely struck a chord with me. Like I was like, I rewinded the first time I saw it. I was like, let, let, let me get this straight. What she said to him. Again, this is why we talk about, in my opinion, politics, not politics, Lord, pop culture, film and movies are so impactful because you have these moments that people might not absorb otherwise. Like you have the film. They make it, they make it edible. Yeah, you get to say something so impactful and you get to say it in your art. That is so fucking beautiful to me. Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you, Edith. I don't think we see her again in this film, but thank you for that line. And the way that Sherlock took it Again, he didn't know how to compute it. He was just like. Mm -hmm. Because he's all about facts. He even said earlier to Enola, take the emotion out of it. Emotion is is understandable, but but useless. But again, he's talking from a privileged position in society. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) So. So instead of Enola leaving with the great detective of Scotland Yard, she goes to uh, the, a yard's man, a gardener, mm-hmm. and asks to switch clothes because she's going into, into disguise again. And she remembered from her conversation shortly after they jumped off that train with the Lord that he enjoys spending his time um, on his estate in the woods. So she found his, his uh, treehouse. And... When I tell you she was crushing hard when she was in that tree house. <laughs> oh Lord, what were your plans? Oh, you were tricking them, but what were your true ambitions? I was like, yeah. girl, you are laying it on thick right now. You are more brilliant than I gave you credit for. You know? Uh, and and as again, we're both well-educated women. There is definitely something to be said for a man that is of such intelligence and yes, such absolutely. you know being it's it's be- definitely sexy just so yes. y'all know it's definitely sexy and honestly i didn't think he was that smart either so to see that he Ooh. had a whole plan i was like okay the lord he sure, I did. he sure did have a plan and i don't know if we touched on this before too 
Um, this is the moment where you realize, um, well, I don't know if you realize it in this moment, but remember at the beginning when they were um, talking, he says that the catalyst for him leaving his life was that tree branch almost killing him. Yes. And so that's a part of kind of Anola's detective work at this moment is inspecting this tree that supposedly fell on him in this moment and his belongings try to figure out where he may have gone. So she's she's doing her detective work in this moment. It's not just her going and fawning over this little boy. She's no, on the hunt. No, she guys. was doing her work. Yeah, she, she was, was on the hunt. You know, getting her yeah. cake and what does it say? Having her cake and eating it too. Exactly. You know, she she in the midst, she having a little crush, but she's like, listen, I'm on the hunt to find this 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 person steal you know and so she discovered his plan and the grandmother finds her and so um their interaction was very interesting so Anola goes down the tree she introduces herself as may posey and she says that she's like 22 years old which is hilarious i'm like do you think the grandma was born yesterday but okay But they, on their way back to the front, you know, the front of the estate, they have this conversation and you realize with this vote that's, that's happening in um, England, it's, it's a reform bill, right? To expand Mm -hmm. voting rights to, um, you know, more than the few, right? Mm -hmm. And the grandma talked about how she loved the land that the monarchy gave her family and it's her role to protect it was her it's it's a piece of her protecting england and anola just thought that was an interesting conversation by you know inquiring like about her now deceased son and grandson and she mentioned that they both were um progressive in their thinking and you know they don't know better essentially because you know she's been around she knows it's a very telling conversation it is she refers to the father and son's thinking when it when it comes to this upcoming vote as new thinkers so Mm -hmm. i did write that in my notes Mm so i put this in my notes next scene yes dress change (laughs) no shows up (laughs) this cute pink light pink or like rose color get up hair flowing she's hot millie bobby brown is such a doll oh my gosh so what happened was she she actually knows where the lord is he's at the flower market and that was his plan all along What, what did you think about this young lord wanting to escape his responsibilities to be a florist essentially I loved it. I think that was such a strong bonding point for them, you know, but not just, you know, two bonding points was the fact they both lost their fathers, but also the fact that they were both trying to escape an oppressive, what they considered to be an oppressive societal life that was laid out for them. Yeah. So I loved it as a real bonding point for them because sometimes, you know, to the point of men, you don't always think about the pressures that are also on men's society. You know, we've talked about the pressures That's that are true. on women, but yeah. in this moment, they both had we're at just their kind young of ages. In that yeah. Well, you know, we're women, so we can we speak <laughs> to our own experiences, but no doubt men also face amazing societal pressures. And again, he is a lord. He has uh gonna have amazing opportunities that come with that but also he just foresaw the next years of his life and said I don't think this life is gonna make me happy 
So I want to do what in my life I feel like is going to make me happy. His father had taught him about herbs and all this stuff. He loves it. This is the life he wants to lead. So I just felt like it was such a beautiful bonding moment between them. But again, I also think it allows the audience to understand that, you know, there are these societal pressures that young people, men or women are feeling and do feel in terms of who they're supposed to be versus who they want to be. Going back to, you know, Eudoria Holmes's quote about, you know, you can either choose the role that you want or you can choose the role that other people choose for you. Exactly. In this moment, we see both the Lord and uh, Millie Bobby Brown's character, Anola, trying to fight against that path that other people are choosing for them. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So she finds him in the flower market and essentially tells him, hey, it's so great to see you, but by the way, your life is still in danger. <laughs> it's not funny, but... But they, he harps on the point that she missed him. Not that his life is in danger, yes. but that she missed him. <laughs> Again, he's a darling, too. Like, he's super cute. He is adorable. Um, they make their way to Anola's rented room, um, the hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. And I want to highlight a couple of things that's in her room. She has a ton of old newspapers because, again, she's actively looking for some type of message from her mom because she knows her mom is a, a great, you know, gamer and she's just waiting for her mom to send her a message in in the uh, daily newspapers so this is a pivotal point because while they're getting situated in her room you find out that the great detective of scotland yard is ready to catch and attack them Oh, I wrote down boo. This is all courtesy of that lion store clerk from the dress shop. I knew she was no good when she already showed her this hole in the wall and then she ratted out Anola for some dollars. And so And you also um, realize that he's working with Mycroft because there was an earlier exactly. scene where they're in the barber shop. Yep. And he goes to Mycroft telling him about this young lady he encountered. And so for the money. He's trying to, he's trying to get, he's trying to now take poor little Nola back to her brother who wants to put her into a finishing school. And one of the things that um, would be uh, something worth mentioning, mentioning now, when we first arrive in England, you see missing, um, missing signs for the Lord and about halfway um, during her time in England, you start seeing some missing signs for her with rewards. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they both uh, had a bounty out on their head. <laughs> yes, and so she essentially she essentially um, sacrificed herself and told the Lord, "Jump out this window, run for your safety. I'll get caught, and and you'll be safe." So she is with her brother Mycroft yet again, who Ugh. is even more resolute in his decision to send her to this girl, all girls boarding school. That conversation just, was so intense on the way home, though. Can we talk about that? My heart broke. I literally have down breaks my heart. So you realize, too, one of the main motivations for Mycroft in all of his dealings is, again, he considers her to be a ward. He doesn't even look at her as his sister. He looks at her no. as an obligation or responsibility. He and has it is no about heart. He's just like, he actually is just like Sherlock. Again, what happened to them in their childhood, we will, ever, we will never know. But he's, like I mentioned before, extremely detached. But his Very motivations are different. You know, in Sherlock's case, 
he's using his mind for the what he considers to be the greater good to help solve these cases whereas Mycroft is all about stature in society so you realize over the course of the film that Mycroft really sees Enola as a problem because he sees her as deteriorating the home's name in society so that scene in the carriage where you know Enola is in tears and she's saying listen I will say that I don't even know you I don't even know this family and he still is yelling at her and saying listen you are my ward was so visceral for me again going back to the idea of being a woman being someone's property your life not being your own yes. you see Enola as this as this person who wants to live her best life and do what makes her happy and her own brother her own brother wants to stifle that for the sake of his stature in society broke my heart, Delora. Absolutely. And I, I like to note that in my notes, I put, Mycroft is such a prick. Mm. The biggest, the, the biggest. biggest. So Anola finds herself at this boarding school. She Ooh. doesn't fit in. Looks Sherlock unbearable. does visit her, which is a surprise. And even in that time, he still has not found her mother. Um, and can, she, I, can I interrupt you real quick just to say yes. two points of reference? I know I've given a lot of pop culture and culture and other film and movie references. No I think this gave me a lot, of, a lot of nostalgia for other things. When you first see the scenes of her in boarding school, I have two references. First is it reminded me, I've only seen one episode of The Handmaid's Tale, but it reminded me of The Handmaid's Tale. And then the other was of Kate Winslet in Titanic. I think for me with Kate Winslet in Titanic, that scene where Leonardo DiCaprio tells her that she has this fire in her and he realizes that if she keeps down the path, she's going, that fire is going to burn out. Yeah. I felt that same reaction with Enola. Like That's if you real. had to live this life, that fire in you, that thing that makes you who you are is going to die. Yes. And, and I don't, man or woman, you should fully understand that you, that people should be given the right and the privilege to be exactly who they are and to live their best lives. Preach. And that was so, so visceral for me in that moment. So I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to give those two references. Well said, well said. So I will say during this Sherlock visit, I was, I was curious on his motivation because again, mm -hmm. he's aloof detached yeah. he's all about matter of fact the matter of fact was he has not found their mother he gave enola some of uh, the old newspaper because he knew he knew that that was something that she did <clears throat> but come to find out it was actually a care visit uh what did you think about that so i thought it was endearing only in the sense that i think at this point in time you start to see a shift Again, in Sherlock, like, you know, we've been going down this journey where it seems like he's trying to be more involved, but yes. you see this shift where he's really in this moment feeling like he's empowering Enola. And that's not something Absolutely. that I felt before. You know, he gives her dash yeah. and reminds her that like mom thought you were exceptional. Yeah. And that's important because we're at a point where Enola's feeling very defeated, right? She was captured, Deflated, she was for sent sure. to this finishing school. And you have her brother, her, neither of her brothers at this point, she's felt like they were there for her. They were a protection for her in the way she needed. And here's Sherlock in his Sherlock way, feeling like, listen, what I'm saying to you is that 
So you can do it. Everything is really up to you. No one can force you to do anything you don't want to do. And that not only did mom believe in you at this moment where you may feel like mom abandoned you, I believe in you. Yeah. So it, that was beautiful. It was endearing. Now, should did I feel like he also should have broke her out of that bitch? Girl. Yes. Right. But for him to be so smart, some basic things didn't seem to really occur to him. <laughs> yes. And this was also at the end. Sorry, I, I know you're about to get move on, but it was also There's almost, two more points I want to say in this moment, but go ahead. It was it was almost a slight shift in power because you start to see like Anola, the 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 mental acuity of Anola start to shift where she gives she feeds Sherlock back his own line about you're being emotional. Take yes. emotion. You know what I mean? So you start to realize that you know, before you assume, oh, Enola may be like Sherlock, she may be brilliant, but you're starting to, it's starting to be a tipping point for me in terms of their mentality that, you know what, she may be more clever than Sherlock. Yes. Yes. And we'll see that in the end. So go ahead. Absolutely. And so the two things I want to talk about um, really quick in this scene, when she, when she got the newspaper, the headline was, every vote counts. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just laughed thinking to myself, how rich. This is the yes. same dialogue we, uh, we've we been, you know, chanting in, in these times. But it's been going on for hundreds of years. There's absolutely nothing new under the sun. Girl. <laughs> and, of course, the, the, the young board is missing. So that's a big deal, too, because the big election is coming up. And... Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of Sherlock's visit, he leaves her some words of wisdom and, uh, it's dangle your feet in the water to attract the shark. Mm-hmm. So, um, he leaves next scene. There's a package for Enola and it's from Mycroft. And she's like, what on earth would Mycroft send to me? Yeah. And she opens it up, and it's the Lord. <laughs> I really thought they were going to kiss, by the way. I was like, oh, they're so cute. They were so happy to see each other, but they kept it very, you know, very, yeah. very cute. Very cute. Yes, yes. Um, I love this part also when she was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so happy to see you, but how we're going to leave? And he's like, I don't know. And then she looked to the camera, and she's like, do you have any ideas? I thought that yeah. was so cute. Because first she she's going to go forward with the plan that he has formulated. She's like, nope, this isn't going to work. The headmistress is going to see right through you. So yes. she has to formulate a plan on the fly to kind of try to get. So it, again, beautiful that you're at this point where you think Anola doesn't have anybody she can count on. And yet the Lord who she's had to save at this point multiple times. Yes. has come through and has also he now saved her. her. Yeah, he and wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to protect myself. Because, yeah. You know, you know she, it's not lost on him that she has saved him. And so yes. to, to have someone's back and to have them return that favor is some, it's something that's truly amazing. Like, because, yes. you know, you don't always get that, one. And two, it's like, oh, this is somebody I could potentially um rely on because she doesn't like you mentioned before she doesn't have that in her family no <laughs> not even with her mom because her mom left her exactly <laughs> so, exactly um and so they narrowly escape um 
They uh, use Miss Harrison's crush against her. Yes, very, <laughs> very smart, very intriguing. And then they approached this crossroads. So the crossroads was either to go back to London or um, we actually didn't know what um, what the other option was until she decided to move forward and she decided to go to Baselworth. And in that- Can I, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. When they're escaping, did you find it interesting that as seemingly backwards as we can think that Miss Harrison was in terms of, you know, as a character, I know she was considered, you know, she was looked at as kind of a villain. I think her intentions were not villainous. I just think, unfortunately, it's a product of the era. She, but she was progressive in the fact that she had an automobile. Nobody else in this film had an automobile. So I thought that was a really interesting dynamic for her character. Did you pick up on that? Or did you have any thoughts around that? I just feel like, oh, you're, you have this boarding school or this finishing school for women trying to oppress them and make them these perfect little separate wives. But you yourself, yeah, you are, you yourself are this progressive woman who has a freaking automobile at a time of back carriages. Who's single. Right. Did you think that was, I thought that was so interesting. I had that written down. That was so interesting to me unless there's some type of resentment that she wasn't able to get married and this mm. was the only viable option i i honestly could be much thought to it so i i don't know that's a that's a great observation though but uh, to your point that could be that could be that she again she she liked mycroft maybe she felt like she had never had a man really want her or like her and so she felt like well he was because not of this either and knowing so, him he probably would have ended up with a 16 year old bride anyway i was gonna say that that let's just be clear on the this the the dynamics between those two in in looks and probably stature that that relationship was probably never going to be viable in that time period um but again, I just I just found it interesting because again, as a woman in that time, she was progressive in certain ways and yet very repressive in the way she treated other women. So I just I thought it was, of note. was instilled. Yeah, I thought it was of note. But anyway, let's move on to the fork in the road and the decision. So at this moment, Enola realized that she soft case. Who was behind uh, uh, the Lord's father's death? She also realized uh, during her visit to the Lord's treehouse that the the branch did not simply fall. It was cut off. So it was a cut, setup. sir. Cut. And she concluded that it was the uncle. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> and so with that revelation, she decided to go to the Lord's estate. Mm. So when they arrived, it's dark no one's there except for the guy with the freaking billard hat tis a trap tis a trap it is a trap um and enola and the lord fight for their lives Mm. Mm. and literally literally and one of uh the callbacks um throughout the film was this corkscrew yes enola had not mastered but yes it was needed it worked marvelous marvelously actually yes. she tried to use it on him when they were back on lime 
Limehouse yeah. Street, and it yes. didn't work, but it yes. worked this time. And yes. he ended up falling and hitting his head severely. Yes. And in the moments before his death, she was pretty much asking, Who are you working for? And he just simply answered, England. Oof. And you're and you're left like, what? Like that's scary. It? Scary to me in that moment too, because you realize that there are truly people out there who have the have a mission that to them surpasses humanity. Yes, to their country, right? Or and to that, some type of entity. Girl, terrifying. Because yes. we have seen that very currently, have we not? Yeah. In, in, in certain instances, such as the murder, such as the potential um, kidnap and murder of the governor of Michigan. Girl. But continue on, Delora. Continue on, girl. Because this is where it gets real good, y'all. No, I don't have the strength. <laughs> with that it gets real good, y'all. So the Biller Hat guy, which, by the way, I don't know if they ever named. I don't, I didn't catch No, no, he didn't have a name, I don't think. Nope. So... He dies, and both Enola and the Lord are distraught because they still have no idea who's responsible for all, you know, murder and attempted murder. And then you hear tappings on the floor, the tappings of a cane Mm. coming towards them. Oof. And it's Grandma. Oof. (sighs) Uh, Oh. devastating grandma said the one thing that i wrote to myself in the beginning of the uh, my my second viewing if you want things done you gotta do it yourself grandma proceeded to pick up that shotgun that the Oof. builder had and she shot she shoots the lord in the chest her grandson she shoots her own grandson in the chest with a shotgun and killed her own son for the sake of this vote. What I have written down to Laura is crazy, straight Game of Thrones shit. I put gangster. <laughs> but this is peak Game of Thrones. This is like some mess that... Uh, Tyrion, uh, what's ta- um, what Tyrion's daddy's name? Lannister. Mm, yeah, y'all know who we're talking done. about. Game of Thrones fans, you know who we're talking about. It was so epic because, again, the idea that you're willing to kill your own family, your children, your children's children for the sake of this country and for what you feel Disposable. for whatever reason is right, you're willing to take out your own people? Kill Grandma your whole... Is- Kill your little grandson by shooting him in the chest? Just because y'all have a differences of opinions. Yo, that was so epic for me. I was, was like, no. I did not see that comment. And again, I love, I guess I need to mention this. I love a good mystery. My husband and I actively try to figure out movies all the time. I didn't see that coming. And I loved every minute of it. 
Yo, again, on our second viewing, on our second viewing, then you realize the enormity of that first chat with the grandmother. Absolutely. Because at first you think, oh, you think it's bonding. You think like, oh, the grandma is the one who, you know, Enola can be cool with and understands. Who let her go? She a she a homicidal so a psychopath. Grandma is so ruthless. She was going to shoot Enola, but the gun jammed. Bruh, bruh. Oh and my goodness. Enola, you know, respecting her elders, she just went to attend to the Lord because at this point she's watching him die right before her eyes. But thinks that man is dead. The Lord is alive. Yes, that boy is clever. He is bulletproof. And it was so, it was so sweet. I love this interaction between them, okay? So the first thing he says is, he's like, do you think I'm that much of an idiot or something along those lines? (laughs) But this is the part, Ashley, right here. One of the things that I didn't mention on their way to his estate, she essentially said, I'm not like other girls. I didn't learn to embroider. I learned to fight. This is how my mom taught me. And I'm essentially proud of how my mom raised me. Absolutely. And so the second thing he says to her is, you were made to fight. Mm. I, I literally put swoon. It was yes. so cute. Because it's yes. something about a guy recognizing a woman's power or respecting it. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, speaking specifically to men that is that'll do it the definition (laughs) the definition of a man in my opinion is again to the point of men if you don't understand it out there imagine if there is something or someone that is trying to suppress everything that you are and imagine finding someone who loves you imagine it ashley though i know and you would think, especially black men, I know you have a different experience and a lot of minority men in general have a different experience. So you can understand powerlessness, but imagine that double powerlessness and imagine the fight that you have to have not only society, but in your home to validate who you are and, and find someone who can love you flaws and all, because oftentimes women, we don't get the opportunity to be flawed. Yes. You think about the examples you see, women are expected to be have this level of perfection um, with their ability to nurture, their ability but to entitlement do everything. still manage to call us monsters and crazy in the process. And, and seductresses who are, you know, have ill intent and just want to manipulate, you know? Like, you, you try to. We are multifaceted. I love any exactly. type of character that allows women to be multifaceted because we are every bit of a human being. As a man. Absolutely. You preaching today, Ashley. Okay? Girl, this 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 crown and coat got me in my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So grandma was the one who did it. And I also thought it was kind of funny because the only other person who broke the fourth wall was grandma when she realized that her grandson was not dead and that it is a wrap for her so the next scene is sherlock busting through the the you know great detective of scotland yard office and he's like it's the grandmother i've solved the case and the detective's (laughs) like okay well how did you come to this conclusion 
and then he proceeds to do like his deduction right it wasn't the <laughs> uncle who you know Anola originally thought it was because he was off at war and the only one the only one left at that point was grandma and then the second question the great detective of scotland yard said was how did your sister manage to do this before you and then sherlock was like uh what <laughs> i have written down delora who is more clever after all again this is my point about that shift in dynamic between the two of them where you're always assuming oh she's a little sister following along in her brother's footsteps but you realize like she is a woman in and of herself Absolutely. and has such capability and at the end you see him acknowledge that when he's leaving and he he laughs right he, he laughs. chuckles he yes. acknowledges the moment of like my sister is doing the damn thing out here game recognized game I, I put in my notes sherlock bested by his little sister yes <laughs> oh and so now we run into anola again and um she got a she got an, a code in the newspaper from her mom mm -hmm. yeah and allegedly her mother <laughs> so she goes to the place where she's supposed to meet her mom but she goes in disguise. Mm -hmm. She realizes that it was her brothers trying to trap her to take her back to boarding school. But in that conversation between brothers, they were able to do, they were able to relieve Mycroft from his responsibilities. Thank the Lord, Sherlock. Thank the Lord. Finally. Finally. And now Enola is going to be Sherlock's ward. So that was that was, you know, tied if, up very if well. Ever, if ever she decides to make another appearance. Because again, she's at the point where she realizes, hey, I probably tip my hand to my brother talking about the newspaper, but I'm still going to check this situation out anyway. So again, she's so clever at this point where that that's just a backup in my mind. It's like, okay, well, if she does yeah. ever go back, she won't have to deal with Mycroft. But listen, she but I don't need y'all. I don't need neither one of y'all. I'm out at here all. living my best life. At all. Because guess what? She got the reward money for finding the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Realize that she takes it reluctantly, but this allows her to get better digs. Okay. Yes. And she sees the Lord right before he goes in. Um, you know, uh, you know, to vote. Um, it's going in to vote because it was the big vote. And uh, they have a moment because he's essentially saying, hey, my mom really appreciates you. And, she, you know, you can stay with us. She's like, oh, no, I'm good. He's like, I want you to stay, too. And she's like, OK, um, I'm not no. going to be completely out of your hair, you know. But yeah. I wrote good for you, girl. When she refused to stay with him, I wrote good for you, girl. Good and for the fact her. that exactly. he was the one who was shedding the tears when they departed, oh, I was I like, y'all better come through y'all better come through with this moment i need sequels i need yes sequels. yes okay with a minute unless there's gonna be an even cuter boy you know i'm open to, always open to give, a love triangle give that little man his little check okay oh and she does about, a little exhale she does a little exhale I, they both felt it in that moment they definitely both felt it, it. was so sweet did you mention one thing I was confused about before you move forward is that moment between Mycroft and Sherlock where, again, they're waiting to see if Enola's going to show up. I was so confused, and I guess it must have been sarcasm where 
uh, Sherlock is saying, oh, you must be in such a good mood because of the vote. Because I'm like, hold on, Mycroft was against the vote. So yeah. why would he be celebrating? Like, it has to be sarcasm because Mycroft says in a quote earlier, he says, reform, God help us. If it's right. one thing this country doesn't need, it's more uneducated voters. England is going to pot. Yes. And he also mentioned the Lord's father and said, oh, I knew him. He was extremely wealthy, but he was a, he was like a forward thinker. He was liberal. Yeah, he was liberal. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, hold on, was that a moment of sarcasm? That confused me for just a second, but I'm assuming it was just sarcasm because he basically alludes to the fact that the vote does pass and passes by one, one vote. The Lord's vote mattered, people. Wow. And when I tell you that was so symbolic of the messaging of this movie that they're trying to say that every vote counts, get out and exercise them rights yeah absolutely oh and that's my thought i talked about the sherlock ward thing before the vote but um thank you for bringing that up ashley um so yeah i that part didn't process very like much to me so i'm glad that you highlighted it but yes every vote did matter and the lord's vote mattered so Anola goes back to her new digs, so much of an upgrade. And <laughs> goes into her room, and then Mama Sherlock found her. Oh my goodness. After all the trickery like, and colds, the mom's just there at the house. I'm like, so you, after all of that, after all of that, Mama came to you. And so. I feel like these last few minutes, even though it's not much, they were very powerful, okay? Yeah. Um, her mom had pretty much explained to her that she was sorry. And she, she was sorry that she left and she felt like um, it wouldn't be safe for Enola if she had stayed. Yeah. And she mentioned that she left for Enola and that yeah. she couldn't bear this world for Enola's future and I thought that was powerful and and I and then I did these I did write down these quotes because it was uh it, it touched me she said I had to fight you have to make some noise if you want to be heard mm -hmm. and Enola takes this very well and she embraces her mother and her mother acknowledged the work that Enola did. She was like, after all the years of work I've done, you've done more for our cause through your work than I've done in years. And it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh. What were your thoughts at this point? I mean, I'm struggling not to have tears right now. Like, mama, I love you. Like, it was just yes. so, it was so beautiful. Again, mother-daughter stories touched me particularly because I have such a strong relationship with my mom. And I just think in terms of women and progress and the sacrifices that we know that women have had to make. And I think being a double minority, you know, being a black person too, it's just always so visceral for me because again, the sacrifices of our elders and of, you know, people in history that have made such a difference in our lives are so palpable. When you see them, 10, listen, okay. when you see it in film and you see it, you know, really delivered to you in such a way, it's just so powerful for me. So yes. not only the mother daughter aspect, 
aspect of it. But again, the fact that this is history. I mean, this Reform Act really was, I looked it up, it was in 1884. Yes. And while it did not yet grant women the right to vote, it did give hope to the idea that, in the right you know, direction. exactly, that progress was going to be made and the fact that women had to sacrifice. You know, this was not easy you sometimes could think during the course of this movie because you're not seeing Eudoria that maybe this was easy on her. As a mother, I can only imagine, and you're a mother, this mm -hmm. was a heartbreaking decision for her to have to choose between Absolutely. what she felt was in the best interest of her daughter's future and her daughter herself. Because right. at the end, you still don't have an idea of what Eudoria's plans are, how long she's going to have to be on the run, because obviously she's going to have to be in hiding because she must be being, you know, followed by police or whomever for her roles and the various things she's probably had to do. Yeah. But as a mother, she made this ultimate sacrifice for her children, for her child to have Actually, a better future. I want to say something. So um, go right ahead. I'm watching. I'm watching Lovecraft and I, I know the show is horror and gruesome and hor horrible, but it's uh, the showrunner, black woman, black cast, black writers, mm -hmm. gorgeous. I mean, it's so well written. Okay. This last episode, this woman, there was time travel and um, a, an important piece, an important book had to be handed off to someone from the future to help the future or whatever and the the people were in imminent danger the house was on fire and the grandmother who knew where the book was said tell my grandson that who she doesn't know because this is all future this is great great grandson okay yeah she's like he is he is my faith turn into flesh mm. You trying to make me cry today. You trying Ashley. to make me cry today. I don't know Ashley. if it's the alcohol or just my <laughs> my hormones or just the time, just 2020 in general. Like y'all have that, to understand how relevant these things are that are going on right now. Ashley. If you're not watching Lovecraft, again, for me, I don't like horror, but again, I don't the blame culture, you. I watch don't blame and support you. these things. These works are yes. speaking to Important. us. They are trying to push us forward. Exactly. But that quote took me out, Ashley. Girl, you trying to make me cry. I'm telling you, you over here, guys, I'm trying, I'm fighting. I'm not, I don't get too emotional. I'm <laughs> fighting against these tears over here. Stop it. <laughs> My God. So I That's said, obviously so powerful because we yes. know that historically these sacrifices that yes. have been made for us to be able to live the lives that we do today. Exactly. Come on, y'all. Come on. We can't on. take it lightly. We cannot take it for granted either. So I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. The that decision that had to be made, like you were mentioning, um, she had to she had to make it. And honestly, because this is a happy story, Anola was able to learn those lessons, and mm -hmm. she and her, and she holds such a endearing part of her heart um her mother in her heart and that is so beautiful to see because even going back to when Sher sherlock visited her at the boarding school you, you mentioned how he reminded her that mother said that she was exceptional and yes. how that being reminded of that was something that was able to spark a light in into her even mm -hmm. before we knew that she was going to make her great escape and so mm -hmm. 
Um, her mother was her strength throughout the entire film. In the moments that she needed her, even though her mother wasn't physically present, you see the, the insights that her mother gave her that are utilized to give her strength. Mama Sherlock was a real one. I appreciated her wisdom greatly throughout this entire film. And the fact that Helena got to play that part just... Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Because you know she's already unconventional, quote-unquote. Yes. Yes. Um, So there's there's the closing. We We begin with Enola talking to the camera. We end with Enola talking to the camera. And... It's so beautiful because essentially she had learned all the lessons that her mom had taught her. Mm-hmm. And um, what I wrote down was find your own path. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that I also thought was very beautiful was she was able to identify herself. She's like, I am a detective. I am, you know, like she's like, I am, I am. That's another thing. If you watch Lovecraft, the Hippolyta episode, I am will knock your socks off okay but (laughs) there is power in knowing who you are and having that i am statement and it was so inspiring and when she was like my life is my own and Mm. the future is up to us and Mm. literally that's where i got emotional i was Mm. like y'all are really trying to take me out right now (laughs) because it's very uplifting very full of hope Absolutely. Freedom and purpose is what I have written down for that end scene. Freedom to live the life that you choose for yourself and to seek out your own path and your own purpose and your own happiness. Whether you are a woman, whether you are a man, whether you are uh, any any of the various uh, incarnations of human being that are happening right now. Live your best fucking life. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Absolutely. And there's such strength in being able to find your joy, to find your purpose in the midst of being oppressed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reminded of the Marion Wilson speech. Um, What's the name of it? But there's a quote, uh, Nelson Mandela is known for... um, quoting it during his presidency in South Africa but essentially is she talks about you shrinking does not give glory to God Mm. says that when you show your light you give uh, people permission to show theirs that was even in coach carter you remember coach carter with samuel yes. jackson like yep. that was such a powerful Akilah moment in that too. movie yeah yes. i think that's one of my brother's favorite quotes too about yeah and I, again there can be that idea that as women that we are expected to shrink ourselves to make others feel better but live in your purpose that, that is what god serve, that created us and it definitely to do. doesn't serve you exactly. no that is god intended for all of us to find our purpose and to live in it on this earth and i hope that that is definitely the message that a lot of people get from this is that you know again it, it, whether it's voting whether it's what's going on right now in politics you know these things will pass and be resolved but you in and of yourself you need to figure out what's going to be best for you and you need to live in that absolutely any final thoughts ashley i may have to change my grade that's my final thought like i you know after going back through this again i just i don't i may have to get this an a because you know again my b plus is 
was, was again, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I just think going back through it, thinking about all the themes, thinking about the impact, thinking about what it means to me right now in this moment, you know, it was, it was a very powerful film in certain ways. So, you know, I, I may have to upgrade it and, and give it an A. I think it's worth looking at. I think it was worth the ride. I hope they do more. Yes. And, you know, it was just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And good for you, Millie Bobby Brown. You 16-year-old. I love all these young females who are out here living their best lives. From Millie to um, Marseille, you know, our Martin. girl, Yara, yeah, Marseille Martin to Yara Shahidi. I mean, all of y'all. As such young, girl, you know, I love me some Zendaya. At such young mm -hmm. ages, because you think about, again, we're both in our 30s now. You think about where you were yes. in your life at some of these ages. And that that strength of, knowing who you are and what your purpose is that's rare powerful let's be honest that is so rare so Absolutely. good for y'all do y'all think out here to, and, and being able to work in it because you may know who you are but mm -hmm. you know having have those barricades or yeah. resources or support system to be again to thank flourish. you to all the women who have paved the way for Absolutely. these young ladies now to come in here and be forces absolutely bravo, bravo. beautiful beautiful all right so ashley you, that was fantastic that was a fantastic recap i thoroughly enjoyed that girl thank you me too. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed it listening absolutely all right so it's time for hidden gems ashley yep yep you can Let go, me go first okay uh, so my hidden gems for this week are probably a little more unconventional than what I've given the first two. Um, and they, mine, mine really just come from my week and what I've experienced. So that's really what I primarily like to share. And for this week, um, I think I've been really heavy on the music and just really missing certain things like concerts and um, the ability to experience music live. So um, I stumbled upon, you know, I've been a fan of NPR's Tiny Desk concerts yeah. for some years now i hope you know that it continues to be discovered by many people because i think it's such a beautiful platform to have an intimate experience with some of your favorite either artists you already know or have yet to discover and Ooh, um they um so summer walker mm -hmm. for some reason as awkward as hers was because of her social anxiety the so effortlessness awkward. of her vocals mm -hmm. on her tiny desk concert just still moved me like i just watched that one again um, but I've had many. I mean, I love her. Like, her is one of my favorite artists currently. I was about to say her is up there. My top one, not my top three. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've watched many of them. I watched Daniel Caesar. Like, I've watched, yes. I've watched a lot of, I even watched T-Pain, which was one of the first ones I think I ever discovered. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, in his Tiniest concert, I thought his vocals were on point. I was like, okay, T-Pain. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, put the auto-tune aside, okay? Um, but but they're, they've been doing the home edition. So one of my favorite artists, probably, you know, I love Beyonce to death, but Probably my favorite artist right now is Janae Aiko. I knew you were going to say that. You know, I, I just, me and, like, it's just a kindred spirit thing with Janae. You know, you she's don't think she, all of her songs sound the same. So I've heard this argument. And the thing that I'll say about that is maybe it's because I haven't, I wasn't a big fan at the beginning of her career. I'm just now, like, Chalambo. Chalambo, her latest album is really the first album that I like 
listen to on repeat all the time. Gotcha. So I get it in terms of her production. Sometimes it can sound the same, but I still, I still acknowledge the growth. Like I can still like see it. Sounds. Yeah. And right now she's into like doing the, the, the different things with the bowls because yes. she said, you know, it's very, she's trying to help heal people through music. And I don't know. I just, I, I mess with Janae heavy. I mess with Janae heavy. So I watched her home edition and while she didn't sing any of my favorites, I still found it to be such a relaxing experience mm -hmm. that I probably watched it three or four times at this yeah. point. So I just encourage everybody to check out the home edition. I also watched Billie Eilish, which if y'all don't know, Billie Eilish has one of my favorite voices. Like yeah. her vocal ability is understated, but, but beautiful. I appreciate it greatly. And she gives me the teen angst that I need, even though I'm not there anymore. Uh, yes. And her relationship with her, with her brother is also just, just a beautiful thing to watch, right? That closeness that they seem like they have. Yeah. So those are two that I watch. And again, I went back and watched a few old favorites like Summer Walker. And I just, I just love Tiny Desk so much. I appreciate you. I also watch Paramore because I don't know how many Black people fuck Paramore, but listen. You know, um, you know, those are my people, right? I, I just, I'll just say it, like the lead singer, um, Haley, like her voice is on another level for me in Monster. terms of like rock groups. And as I said, last, epi last episode, I love a great vocalist. I love somebody who has a lot of power. So I went down this whole She's Paramore amazing. rabbit hole. You know, Paramore is my band, right? I did not know that. And you know, what's funny is there's a whole collective of like black people who I guess there was an article <laughs> written about <laughs> how much black people Wait, love Paramore. Are you one of my people? <laughs> Yeah, own solo album, by the way, which I is saw amazing. that. I'm I went down like a couple of hours. I have three. I have three tracks you have to listen to. That'll be my hidden gems next week. I'll be more prepared. Okay, send that. Send that out to the universe, because yeah, I mess with Haley Heavy. So that heavy. was so my so that was my hidden gem number one. Was I cry Paramore all the time? Like That's my hilarious. Is like I'm um I'm a uh optimist or I'm a pessimist for an optimist or something like that and like I, I love it yeah you can ask I, David David my husband <laughs> he can definitely uh contest to my love of Paramore especially especially their uh first album for okay. Riot uh, everything okay. and then of course um the the other hit you are da, 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 only exception that's right Oh, yes. My goodness. Yeah. I've liked so many of their songs over the years. But again, Haley in particular is probably. But you're coming from a person who band. is a, a major Maroon 5 fan. First album, Maroon 5. Oh, you're a major Maroon 5 fan? Absolutely. That was gotcha. the I've ever owned. So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I don't. A vocal ability for me transcends genre. So while I am a heavy R&B consumer, if somebody yeah. has a great voice, whether they're in country, whether they're in rock, anything yes. like I met, I, I love it. I love them. And I love that particular song. I hear so Haley, Haley was one of those for me with Paramore. Absolutely. So that was my, that was my first engine was Tiny Desk Home Edition. Check those out. YouTube it up. Uh, the second one is meditation apps a couple of meditation apps so i don't nice. know who else out there in 2020 in particular Girl, um, has felt like they needed to really everybody. find their mental peace 
and really deal with <laughs> me earlier today. Hell. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it evolves every day, right? You never know where you're at. So I had a great conversation recently with a coworker and I've had these conversations over the years and I've talked about it, but I really made the, the intention this week to set up a couple of meditation apps. One of them is Headspace, which is a, you have to, you can do a free trial, but you have to eventually pay. So I'm always looking for a free app out there. I don't know about y'all. So I Absolutely. found an additional one called Insight Timer. And for a couple of nights now, I've done these quick five minute guided meditations because I've tried to do meditation before and my mind is just always all over the place so I've struggled with that Absolutely. but because it's a guided meditation and you have kind of somebody who was talking you through it um, I found it very peaceful and I found it you know I've done it two times five minutes they have other ones they have multiple ones you can do but I just felt like if anybody out there like me you know sometimes I struggle with trying to really um, focus and also manage stress and anxiety um, I found it to be very beneficial and helpful so if anybody else out there is feeling that way and you want to check something out, check out the, the meditation apps out there and, and let me know what you think. So those are my hidden gems for this week, Delora. Very nice. Thank you, Ashley. Of so I have two hidden gems this week. My first is the haunting of Beli Manor. Ooh, scary. It is um, another Netflix original. Very spooky mystery show it's an it's a part of an anthology the first being the haunting of hill house so uh, my husband and i started watching it earlier this week there there are nine episodes we are are on episode five so okay. hopefully we have time to watch it tonight because <laughs> i'm really it's getting real good but there's haunting and typically when it comes to horror i don't like possession possessions mm -mm. or ghosts or anything mm -mm. like that mm -mm. this one i only watch it with someone with the lights on behind a blanket but it's a good story <laughs> you know hilarious um i guess we should just call my hinges this week very halloween themed since we're in october the okay. second one is a Hulu original show called Light as a Feather. As you know, that statement from the famous, uh, I think it's a cult classic, the, the uh, craft, the movies from the 90s. They played the game. Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. And so apparently someone took that and there's a whole novel about it, but this show is off based off this novel and they essentially play the game but you have to before you do that chant you have to predict uh the person who's laying down their death and then make the chant and then they float and turns out it's a curse and uh, the death is exactly how that person predicts it oh and so no it gives me uh it gives me final destination for gen z oh <laughs> final destination used to scare the crap out of me exactly. too i couldn't even sit in the room for those movies so essentially you know death is coming for all these kids who play this game but some make it some don't and it's like a race against the clock another mystery spooky type of show uh all together the first there's two seasons 
the first season is like 10 episodes the second season is like i would think 16 it's a 25 minute show quick watch okay. um entertaining you know teen drama so there's a lot of bad decisions which sometimes i have zero patience <laughs> yeah same same um I, I enjoyed it. I watched it till the end. So those are my gems this week. Nice. All right. Well, we won't hold you guys any longer. We know this has been a little bit long of an episode. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but you know, we want, we want to give y'all, we want to give you your money's worth, even though we know this is free. Uh, yet again, you can connect with us. We have our IG and our Twitter up at, at um, Recapping Podcast. Feel free to connect. We're going to start engaging and getting some stuff posted. Thank you guys yes. as always for spending some time with us. We so appreciate any and all Thank support. Thank you. We will see you guys next week for yet another recap. Be blessed. Yes. Bye. Bye.